It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! should have been quarantined in that picture. I was sick. <laughs> really? Are, are, yeah. Have you been sick or, you know, they just say you are because you're not, you know, prodded. <laughs> well, this is, you know, um, the economic truth, John Thorstubstein is the founder of the nonprofit organization, The Economic Truth. The Economic Truth has over 10,000 followers in 30-plus countries. His organization analyzes current economic events, the monetary system, and geopolitical events from an objective standpoint, objective of freedom. Okay, so yeah. here we have thelibertyadvisor.com, Tim Pachote. Now, both of these young men were um, uh, authors in, writers in the Freedom's Phoenix newspaper. Now, you, I certainly said it last night. I don't know if you got to see it before you guys, you know, checked it out or looked. But I, I sent you guys, you know, uh, you have full access online. I mean, you even have to get the paper to read it and see what it looks like and everything. But it's nice to have a paper in your hands, you know, to look at and so on. Your first thing, you probably haven't had a chance to read it in the last, I don't know, hour you've been up. But, um, you know, what's the, thank you, baby. You know, what's the um, uh, first impression you get from it with all the people on it and everything? You kind of looked at it a little bit. What do you think? Well, it's it's pretty amazing. I, I, I love it already. Um, I haven't had time to read too much through it, but it's uh, just the just the quality of authors. We're not talking about me and Tim here, but, you know, just the quality of authors that you have 
and and the knowledge that they can bring to the table for for the everyday person that really needs needs it now more than ever now yeah, yeah. yeah. yep yeah did you and and uh, you know a lot of people that we know in there and in the, the perspective that we have you know enough about the paper go get it okay the top of freedomsphoenix.com it says newspaper you click on that third edition you can see it there and it has a bunch of links of how to order it you know get you know bulk copies this is not just so you have oh cool yeah you can do that online it's for you to have copies of a physical newspaper that's interactive with the internet through via QR codes of great authors to give you exactly what's up I mean this is it is made for now this is we've done this before I mean when we first started doing papers what was going on then I mean it's you know it's Clinton administration and Waco and you know tax against militia and the Federal Reserve and blah 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 it's always been a timing thing so now man it's freaking time and it's the a mechanism by which they can't censor it you know it's just yeah here and it's a resource on you know James Babb did a great job on explaining crypto you know for the newbie kind of thing uh, Tim Fry from Roberts and Roberts brokerage you know really went in depth on how to purchase and what it means and how to you know interact with precious metals so that was really good then there's uh, and then a lot of the great you know the you know put in a piece by Doug Casey you know just on defining taxation is theft and did a really great job with that John Whitehead for the Rutherford Institute Jacob Hornberg of Future Freedom Foundation you know Larkin Rose has a cover piece on there Karen Katowski you know private membership associations how you can you know insulate yourself from the man farm match you know technology to make sure you get that eat you know I mean it's just it's I, I'm really happy with this and then sharing the first pages uh, second and third page is myself get the you know kind of prep what's going on with the paper and why and then james corbett and james corbett has you know uh, his documentaries are featured in there and pirates without borders in the middle and alessandro fusilo from italia is doing a libertarian movement in europe that is kicking ass i had him on he's speaking i listen i listened to that show that was a pretty amazing show amazing amazing and we've known i knew he was going to be the man you know you guys can't have an attorney and you know, three countries in the European Union, you speak five language fluently, not be an impact when you, you piss them off. I mean, this is the way it is. And, I like uh, when he was trying to describe somebody. He goes, let's just say he's like the Ernie Hancock of Italy. But he was talking, it wasn't him. It was talking about like one of his, some other friend at a rally. Yeah, he knows that. <laughs> when, you know, this is the influence I had on him, I hope, is a, the confidence and what I was hoping to do and what a lot, you know, what we do is to do is to uh, convince him that no compromise hardcore freedom activism is the answer and all the opposition you get is because of that because it's effective because it's clear because that's a oh no he's a crazy I go, of course they're going to say that because you're effective well he embraced it and done he's always that way anyway and um it, it the artwork that he has the logo is two hands you know like shaking hands and on the wrist you know it's like a, a gun barrel you know, so he's all about, you know, gun rights trying to get in the mind in uh, Europe because, you know, you be needing some gun rights. Europe needs it. Yep. And, you know, let's talk about the difference right there. You know, John, this is something you have being your heritage is Norway. Um, gun rights in Europe is guns. It's It's been beaten into their mindset. You know, probably they're trying to do it here in America. It's just that, you know, it's going to be hard. And, um uh, to be able to take the guns away like they did in Australia and they did in Europe and so on, they, I, 
is gun rights a thing? Are they understanding, or is it kind of ooh topic, and there's no, like, gun right party or something? I mean, how's that played in Europe? Now, in Europe, there's very little talk about gun rights. Uh, we have a crap ton of guns. You know, Norway is actually one of the top gun-owning countries in the world. Sweden is as well. Then, of course, you got Switzerland. Uh, you know, that's our armed fortress up there in the Alps. So uh, there's uh, some. And, and of course, uh, in Germany as well, there's lots of guns. Uh, but all the guns are on the countryside. They're not in the cities, right? So <laughs> there's nobody living in the cities that can protect themselves. That's why you see that's where all the shenanigans are happening, where people are losing their rights and everything is because nobody dares to, you know, come out to the countryside and try to impose their will on people uh anywhere like here in here in manitoba as well there's like oh, probably like 50 percent of people that live on the countryside at least have guns uh yeah, mostly for hunting of course right <laughs> a lot of them are yeah we got 70 i think like the official number said 96.4 percent uh vaccinated with one dose but i don't believe them but uh yeah well it's, then you're uh, done it, it's you know they're 96 percent you're done right are they done <laughs> yeah Oh no, they're 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 still blaming the unvaccinated. So they they're uh, they keep on uh, you know playing their game. They gotta blame somebody for the government's uh, you know destruction of society. Um, but yeah, gun rights is uh, not very prevalent in Norway. There's a lot of gun ownership, but there's not a lot of gun right uh, thoughts out there. Uh, you know, my dad he used to own uh, several guns, but he he was against uh, you know ownership of guns. And uh, me and him always had debates. You know, on, on why we should have you know machine guns uh, to protect ourselves. So, uh, is it changing? Norway, is there a trend? Is there a political no, movement? No, I, I wouldn't say so. Like it's uh, it's more stuck. But I, I saw though that there was a libertarian party. Uh, they're basically been nothing, and they suddenly had uh, almost ten thousand votes this year. So, which is uh, it doesn't sound like much, but in Norway, that's that's a lot. <laughs> You know, so there is some ideas. Filo, he made the point that, um, you know, he would speak uh, when this COVID thing first starting and he was, you know, his law practice had been defending you know, restaurant owners that they refused to close and they would just uh, um, seize all their property, you know, put them in jail, fine them a gazillion dollars, whatever. And so what happened was he would, you know, represent them and just uh, the weekend before uh, before the weekend that we had talked uh, last week or so, he um, had a win in Italian Supreme Court. They had to give this woman all her stuff back. Well, she would go to every presentation, every rally, every speech, and she'd just, you know, get them all riled up. And he said he started giving presentations to be 150, 200 people. Woohoo! we got some people to 150, 200,000 people. It has been, they are filling the streets. And, and Alessandro's like a freaking rock star. And I found out about this, you know, um, because there was an article in Lou Rockwell about him and what he was doing was moving. And I go, man, is this everything? It's they're cracking it up. He goes, yep. And I go, we're going to do it to show. So we finally got a chance to talk. And it's um, he had a great article in the paper yeah. describing what's going on in Italy and Europe. There is a worldwide revolution that is a happening. You want worldwide government? I give you worldwide revolution. How about that? So this- well, yeah, yeah, exactly. You you add like massive government that Europe has. Like, look at all the states. Like, all of them are over 
uh, almost like 50% government size to GDP. So that means that it's unsustainable. It's going to crash. So that's why you have all these libertarian, libertarian movements popping up everywhere because people are seeing the totalitarianism, you know, that are right in front and center to, uh, to them. And uh, I, I think that, you know, what people really are starting to feel like, it's funny, like countries like Norway are very pro, like, for, uh, you know, free speech, uh, and they actually have been, but their media is, you know, uh, bought and paid for uh, by globalist elites. Uh, but w- what I do see, though, is I, ha- I do have a lot of European connections and they're all um, getting a little bit excited because we're seeing the end and the collapse of the governments. Uh, you know, you saw that in all of the southern European states in 2008. Uh, and then now you're starting to see it in the northern uh, northern parts as well, because uh, Germany and everybody else, uh, France and all the Scandinavian countries, look at the UK. All these countries are all bloated with debt. So we're at the end of a debt cycle and they need a crisis to try to you know, clamp down further. But I don't know. I don't think they're going to be successful because we're, we're too many people. Uh, War with Russia. I guess that's why they have some. Well, you could you could you could do that, you know, uh, Putin over there. Uh, we, we got our weapon shield. You know, I was on the border. Used to work on the border on the Norwegian-Russian border. And when I was there, we had uh, you know no shields or nothing. But they actually, I talked to some people up there recently. Like I think it was five years ago, they added the the NATO, uh, you know, uh, defense shield as they called it <laughs> up there. Uh, so. There is a lot of animosity, and I think you know, like you got to find a scapegoat. You know, it's then vaccinated, and it's uh, you know Russia or something like that. But you got to remember, Putin is still like he is very much in the pockets of the WEF, like the World Economic Forum, and and the UN elites. Like he works with them, uh, and he uh, he's been doing tons of speeches, you know, with them, and mm-hmm. and uh, he's met with Klaus Schwab, uh, Putin, Vladimir, uh, yeah. So Tell there's me. videos. Go and look it up, Putin and Putin and uh, WEF, and you'll see them. You know, they, they always <laughs> wanted a seat at the mahogany table. Okay, the um, uh, Ukraine. You know, being someone that's in Europe and understanding the NATO thing and all that kind of stuff. You know, I've been busy, and I kind of see it across. You know, the radar screen. I get ouch, quit it, ouch, quit it, ouch, quit it. It's all BS, whatever they say anyway. But the um, I'm getting the impression. That in the Ukraine, there's a heavily Russian-speaking northeastern, northern part of Ukraine that wants to be with Russia. Yep. You know, they're like, look, man, get us the hell out Bombas. of here. So the U.S. is like, yep. no, you have to be, you're staying in, you know, that kind of thing. And <laughs> well, so, there's, yeah, yeah. well, tell us about that and the threat of, you know, Ukraine becoming NATO and Putin's not going to allow. I mean, yeah, give us the audience an overview of what the hell is the controversy, what's going on. Well, yeah. So what's going on there is, of course, there's two two sides to it. There's the Donbass region that is uh, more of an autonomous zone. Uh, they don't even want to be a part of Russia, and Russia doesn't want them part of it. But what is more important is uh, what's going through the Crimea uh, Peninsula, uh, and that is, of course, the gas pipes that go into Europe that feeds all the natural gas to heat up Europe. <laughs> so it's it's a very important region. That's why the United States. That's why. Oh yeah, of course. It always is. You know, like why why is Syria getting attacked? It's because they're trying to remove Syria because it landlocks Saudi Arabia to send oil into Europe. You know, that it's always about commodities or something, right? Like there's always, uh, so, uh you know, so, something of value that we that uh, these elites try to fight over. You know, so yeah, no, it's uh, but you have that Russian-speaking autonomous region, but they don't really. Uh, they wanted to become part of Russia, but Russia didn't want them. But Russia will, 
you know, back them up uh, against NATO. The problem is you had a creep, you know, like constant creep into Eastern Europe with all these NATO countries. Uh, and uh, you had recently, you know, the Croatia, uh, a good buddy of mine, he used to be a, uh, a major in the Croatian NATO forces. And, uh, and he was telling me, you know, that he foresee like another war between Serbia and Croatia because of the Serbia is on uh, the Russian side and then Croatia is on the NATO side. Um, so, and of course, you know what happened in Yugoslavia in the 90s. So I, I see a lot of, there's a lot of, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, frictions going on around the borders there. And, and of course, initially, you know, the problem is that they were, weren't going to, uh, you know, come and, uh, you know, get closer and get into all these uh, yeah, Eastern European, former Soviet Union countries. You know, when the, yeah. the Eastern Bloc fell, and that's what, it used to be called Yugoslavia, you know, when I was a kid, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, it was amazing. Even when I, the 60s, 70s, you look at a map, you know, that would be old encyclopedias that my grandmother would have or maps laying around. The countries before World War II and after, they weren't even the same thing. You know, then you're looking at, oh, well, the map, the map's settled now. This is it. You know, the, all the colors of the gang colors on my globe is going to be, you know, is going to stay this for a while. No. Yeah, they keep changing. Well, Yugoslavia, when the Eastern Bloc fell, the Iron Curtain, whatever it is, the Soviet Union dropped. Then all of a sudden, you had all these controversies that had been held together with a tank pointed at their head, started to fracture. Well, this is what they mean when they say balkanization. The balkanization of America. What the hell does that even mean? Uh, what they're talking about, the Balkans, you know, the Croatia, Serbia, and what, yeah. whatever the hell. There's a whole bunch over there. Um, they separate into their own. Seceded, eth- yeah. Yeah, their own ethnicities, their or, own, yeah. you know, it's not yeah. Yugoslavia anymore, not Serbia, Croatia. And they fought, and you had bad dictators, and ouch, quit it, and I'm in charge now. I got a new flag, and, you know, whatever. So as time went on, a war in Yugoslavia or in, you know, um, uh, whatever, El Croatia, Serbia. This, here comes the United Nations. Here's during the Clinton administration. Here's all the bombing. Here's the snipers in Sarajevo. Here's all this stuff. What was behind that? You know, who was pushing it? Who was fanning the, the flames? You know, what Soros money went where? I mean, you know, that kind of crap, right? So Wasn't a lot of that to distract from, like, the militia movement and things that were other things that were going on in, in America back then? And, I mean, it wasn't just or distract from Clinton's uh, BJ that he was getting or he's, right. you know... Well, yeah, I don't know. Because it was a collapsing I, country. Like, they, had, they were hyperinflated in their currency because of the war. You know, you had one uh, one region, you know, that the former communists uh, were trying to fight, you know, people that just want to be left alone kind of thing. Uh, so, like, there was people like my friend. He His dad was put into the gulag for uh, under Tito for singing an anti-government song for three years and being tortured, his dad. Uh, his dad is still around, of course, and, and he'd be livid, you know, to uh, see what's going on right now. I could only imagine because my buddy, he's in, in Ottawa right now. He actually I worked with him here in Winnipeg, but he's in Ottawa right now. And the reason why I quit the the Yugoslav, the, Yugoslav, the Croatian military was because of mandatory vaccination. Mm. So he is not having it. He's fucking pissed off. Sorry for the language, but uh, he he just is livid right now what they've seen and that's you know who is actually standing up in canada it's eastern european immigrants <laughs> right because they know what yeah. this looks like they go yeah we've been through this before we know where this goes you know yeah. so um yeah. and a lot of people i talk from eastern europe or have uh, you know defected or moved from china or whatever they're like no you guys have it and they would say this over a decade and a half ago you know during the revolution mm-hmm. and so on they'd be like 
man, they'd be out there making signs. They're from South Korea. And, you know, this one woman I, I took shooting, she had never touched a gun. She wanted to go shoot. So I got it all out, man. We're going to get, you know, you're going to get indoctrinated today. So it's um, uh, given how all of this suppression happens politically against dissent and so on, they go, it's coming here. That's why I'm here making this sign. I'm telling you, you need to know. And uh, and and what even really by, you know, the will of the people or something, it's just being forced on us. And, yeah, everybody loves it. You're not a communist? Well, everybody else is a communist. You you're, you must be crazy. You need to go to indoctrination camp, you know, that communists do, but not but not because we're bad, because we love you. I mean, that kind of crap. So this is, when we look at Europe, and what's happened with uh, the Ukraine, Ukraine was a very bountiful uh, breadbasket of, you know, produces a lot of food. They had a lot of science and industry there. They're, they're a pearl. They, you know, there was something going on. The Black Sea up there. Yeah, it's the Black Sea, I think. You know, you got, you know, the body of water up there that has Crimea. That's what that little island or peninsula is. Yeah, there, you right? got uh, you got Ukraine, you got Bel- you got uh, Bulgaria, Romania around there, and Russia that are uh, you know neighbor like that are bordering on to the Black Sea. Well, Crimea there was where a lot of the uh, navy base, you know, a lot of the military presence mm-hmm. and so on of Russia. So when Ukraine fell and it goes kind of western, we we want blue jeans, we want blue jeans. I mean, you know, whatever the heck went on, and that was orchestrated all the hell. And um, that was, I think, who is it? Uh, uh, Oliver Stone did a documentary of Ukraine on fire or something like that. That was very interesting how they orchestrated that into what it was and come west. Well, look at Victoria Newland. Like her husband is, you know, part of Monsanto. I think it was high up in Monsanto. It wasn't a CEO or something. Uh, I don't know if Tim knows that, but uh, they, uh, like, she was caught on the phone trying to, you know, set up this coup FD, that was happening. FD EU. With, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With the neo Nazis. <laughs> Ukraine. No, they you know, like, that's as far as that with the Nazis. <laughs> and she's back and she's back again as some like high level uh I mean looking at looking her up right now. Yeah, Tim, to be even with us, because we got both of you on the same channel, need to bring your volume on your mic down like fifteen percent or something. Just a little bit. Move uh, move move it away a little bit. So. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go, there you go. Okay. The the um so the Ukraine Crimea, Russia went, oh, yeah, you do whatever, but this is ours. We're not giving up our position of a warm water port. I mean, that's one of the big things with Russia is access to the ocean with, you know, out of ice, you know, covered freaking port kind of deal. So Crimea is a strategic, you know, position that they're not giving up. I mean, that's just you know, it's yeah. not going to happen. Well, they, well they, have another, they have another massive one. Uh, it's called Pechenga. It's actually on the Kola Peninsula. And that is their nuclear uh, submarine base as well. That's up by uh, Norway there. Like, we, you have Kola Peninsula, it's called. Well, and is it, it on the North Atlantic? I mean, is it on the North? No, yeah, on the North. It's called the Barents Sea up there. But the Barents okay. Sea is basically a part of the Northern, Northern Atlantic. So, actually, there was a movie of a uh, rabid, uh, rabid general or something in Russia that took it over and tried to start a nuclear war at Pechenga. So, I, I know a lot about that region because I did intelligence on it and... And uh, it's very interesting to, you know, watch up there where, uh, like, I could only imagine now when I was there, it was pretty quiet, you know, geopolitically. But, you know, at this point, yeah. when you're when you're here, like at this time, I could only imagine what the, the, the people up there, the people that are working, you know, spying on the Russians and all this stuff. Uh, what's going on there? Because we were like, as soon as there were military activity, it was like, oh, yeah, let's, let's go on. Let's, you know, get to the bottom of what they're doing. 
<laughs> but the problem is up there is that there's 6,000 troops just, you know, situated up there. And they, they could take over half of Norway in half, like in basically a day. So uh, that's kind of the fear that they have, you know, if they, if they were to come against, because, you know, Norway has always been a, a very important puzzle piece in war because we have the massive, you know, uh, attachment to like basically half of Norway is attached to the Atlantic Ocean. So there is a lot of, you know, territorial and, and uh, you know, uh, the topography of Norway and all that stuff. Uh, it, it's a very important piece geopolitically, but that's also why you have the head. Who's the head of uh, NATO right now? It's Jen Stoltenberg. The Stoltenberg family has always been, you know, a whole bunch of globalists. Uh, they're like uh, the Henry Kissinger or the, maybe the Clintons. Uh, that's a better version. Of it, they uh, uh, they they are everywhere right now. You know, like he's at NATO, but then his uh, his wife is the head of uh, the Norwegian health authorities, uh, and uh, right now, like the, the health authorities is actually, uh, you know, she's getting paid six hundred thousand uh, dollars for the head, being the head of the health authorities. So uh, she pays a little bit more what? than the Fauci, even. Yeah, uh, it's insane. And I actually in Norway. It's so uh, so bad that you could actually look up every single individual in Norway. You can look at how much they get paid. Uh, but yeah, it, it's pretty crazy because when you think about that versus you know other countries. Now, of course, Norway is high inflation and all that. But this Stoltenberg family, if you look at the Stoltenbergs, they are all like they have their dirty hands in geopolitical uh, events everywhere as well. And of course. Uh, Jen Stoltenberg got into NATO after we had our 9-11, the t- July 22nd shootings with uh, uh, Anders Bering Breivik uh, at, uh, you know, he bombed Oslo, the, the head, like our parliament building. And then he went and shot up all those kids at the uh, Labour Labor Party uh, camp, youth camp. Oh, uh, on that Norway island well. or something out in the river. Yeah, oh, yeah. that was OK. You know. Yeah. But, but there's come out that they had trainings right before that happened. Uh, of the exact same scenario, of course. Uh, so you know, like how this happens. Well, John, you were talking about Victoria Newland. Her husband is yeah. Robert Kagan, and uh, Robert Kagan was all the uh, co-founded the now defunct neocon think tank Project for New American Century (PNAC) with William Crystal. Uh-oh. Aren't they the ones who called for like <laughs> we need a new 9/11? Wow. Sorry, we need a new Pearl Harbor in order to get basically <laughs> the Patriot Act passed. But man, this guy has got his hands in everything. And of course, in his bio, it describes himself as a leading advocate of liberal interventionism. Uh, yeah, this guy's had his hands in just uh, move, about... your, move your mic a little bit further away, Tim. There you go. Yeah, this, guy, this guy's had his hands in just about everything. Oh, my God. And uh, I don't see anything about Monsanto in here. But yeah, between him and... Okay, well, I, I wanted to get to Tim and you on this china thing we we're we got time i mean we'll you know go down whatever rabbit hole but well we are know. interviewing scott horton later today so i'm sure scott could probably fill us in and the rest of you know what's going definitely, on with, like, definitely definitely so yeah, yeah. well and this so is- i'm letting john talk now because i'm like when scott talks you need to shut the, shut the f up because i do have a clip i do have a clip from a couple years ago or some reason I saved on my computer. I just found it where it's you and Scott going at it. And he's like, Ernie, you're pissing me off. You're like, well, you're pissing me off. And then you guys are going back and forth on there. It was, it was actually, it was a classic clip. Well, yeah, you have it. How long is it? Yeah, It's like 20 seconds long. Well, I tell you, I bet you I can tell you what it is. Scott and I are friends. I We've known each other a long time. But, you know, he wrote the book, you know, it was on Afghanistan. I mean, he wanted to pump out Afghanistan, Afghanistan, Afghanistan. And I'm like, all right, cool, we do that. And I go, Yemen, what's up with Yemen? 
know, Yemen, this is going to be a thing. Yeah, before it became a thing, I could see Yemen was going to be a thing. You know, and I'm going, this Yemen thing, I need to know about Yemen. I thought you were doing, you know, Middle East of Yemen. I don't want to talk about Yemen, you know. And I'm going, you know, because you didn't have a book on Yemen. But I'm going, look, man, Yemen's a thing. I, what, what it, so that, I remember us having a thing on that. You <laughs> no, know? it was it was on it was on Jacob Hornberger, and you guys were sort of saying the same thing, but I don't think you were interpreting what he was saying. Oh, what uh, uh, Jacob when he was running for president or something? Yeah, and, and like you were trying to say <laughs> that you know you don't need to change the messaging, but he wasn't really trying to say the change the messaging, and you guys were just going ouch quit it back and forth. It was it's only like a twenty second clip, but it's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> it's like the most fiery I've ever seen a, a guest ever be on your show before. So right. I do. I do All have right, it pulled I'll, up if I'll, you wanted to. Yeah, indulge. I'll take the hit. Go. Okay. Well, I I, I you gotta <laughs> enable screen sharing. So if you want to, oh, we're gonna do that too. Or... All right. All no, no, right, I, that's right. only oh. that's only way that's only way that I can play it and get the Ernest Hancock exposed. It's not exposed. It's I did share it with Col- <laughs> I shared it with John yesterday. <laughs> he started laughing. All right. Was uh, Buzz is uh, simultaneously uh, it's worth the wait. Advanced sharing option. Multiple participants can share. Okay. So I think that's the click. <laughs> All right, yeah, we got it. Just a, right. just a second here. All right, so here we go. I am supportive of Jacob Hornberger for what he is and the way no, I have confidence that Stop he's going to do saying it. That. Listen, you're pissing me off now, okay? You're I'm pissing you, me off. Listen, you keep saying he's got to say it different than who he's talking to. And I'm going, I want him to do exactly what he's been doing and what I have been used to for 30 years. That's, that's what, what I want. Said. You're you're implying that I'm telling him to change his principle and to no, move no. where he stands. That's not what I'm talking about at all. all right. I'm talking about... God damn it, Ernie. In out of three hundred thirty million people, and how we're many both of on them the same already... side? <laughs> okay, every time you interrupt me, it just dumps the volume completely. Listen, man. For... So, anyways, I, some okay, reason I, I had, remember some what reason that was about. I, yeah, I know as well. Jacob Hornberg. Yeah, anyways, I, well, yeah, no, you guys I, are sort of talking about the same thing, but like misinterpreting no, each I, other. No, I tell you what was going on with Jacob Hornberger. Um, uh, doing whatever he was doing, running for president. Scott Horton saw it as a really big opportunity for him to get his vision version of antiwar.com um, and uh, uh, foreign policy. He wanted to be the writer and the tactician on what his message was going to be on foreign policy. Because gosh darn it, I'm Scott Horton, and I want you know to have him say this about that. And I'm going, well, I think, Bumper does great. You know, just leave him alone. You know, whatever. No, he's doing it wrong. He's got, you know, he just, you know, it was that kind of thing. And I was just like, <laughs> look, I don't want to be, I'm all behind Bumper Hornberg and all of a sudden it's going to change, you know, to whatever it is that, you know, because, you know, Scott's got his own ideas of, you know, different things. You know, I tell you this, Scott is the only, there's only been two people and three shows that I've ever deleted or or went in and edited yeah edited or took out the video and just didn't do it and did the audio and kind of edited it out because during the breaks when we doing live radio and we do it during the breaks um it went out live but in the recording you know they'd be in the break and they'd say stuff and i'm going hey i tell you this is recorded it's going and then it went out and scott would listen to it later and he goes you got to take that out man i didn't want you know i didn't mean to you know i didn't know we we're gonna you know something right <laughs> and he did it twice 
And I go, Scott, I ain't doing this anymore. I'm not saving your ass every time you say something you don't want, whatever, you know. Because it'd be like his position on 9-11 or his position on, you know, something or that's kind of controversial. And the only other one was Daniel McAdams that does uh, the Ron Paul Liberty Ron Report. Because he was telling me some stuff during the break that, you know, about McCain and different things or whatever. And he go, whoa. Yeah, definitely got to take that one out. <laughs> you know, and I go, okay, you're probably right. You know, and, you know and, but it's kind of juicy <laughs> stuff. But the uh, but Scott twice. I mean, he'll just you know, he gets that way. He'll just say stuff they doesn't really you know want to be out. And um, so he kind of pisses me off sometimes. He just well, you know, I think that he's probably the foremost expert on foreign policy from like a libertarian angle of anyone I've ever come across. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I've pimped I think- him a lot. I think one of the best compliments I ever got is one time somebody says that, that I'm like the Scott Horton of economics. I'm like, wow, that's about the, you know, probably one of the highest. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that's mainly. You know, we remember John Scott is, from back in. Uh, I first physically met him was at Camp Casey, you know, in front of uh, W. Bush's ranch when they were camped out in the ditches of Cindy Sheehan thing. You know, we were there and it was it was me. And the only people that I knew knew what was really going on, what, how this was really playing out. I was there covering it for Air America, you know, the liberal mm-hmm. talk radio, our token libertarians, me and Charles Goyette. And I went out there, you know, drove out from Phoenix representing, you know, the uh, uh, the radio station. And we do shows and everything. And the only other people there that came and covered it knew what was going on was Scott Horton and Alex Jones. Okay. So, you know, that's where <laughs> Alex and I met. We did some shows and stuff. And, and Scott. And we're like, look at each other going. And you guys are seeing what's happening, right? You know, this is just they, them, those stuff. You know, move on was just top of the pyramid. They control the left, the right, both sides. They just wanted to have control of the anti-war narrative and use that to get Obama elected and Pelosi in and all this other stuff. And any of us that are real activists that do deal in the truth could see it. We're just like, yep, we already know where this goes. And it takes time. You know, people, oh, they want to believe what they want to believe until it starts crashing. So I want to get into why I wanted to have you guys on, but I wanted to finish something on Crimea. I just, you know, before we go down too many rabbit holes here, you know, the um, Putin was talking about you got to Finlandize, you know, Ukraine, which means what? They can't go into NATO oh, the, or something? What does that mean? Well, Ru- Russia has tried to invade uh, Finland many times. And they have uh, failed every time. That's what it means. So, well, gotta, so why does Putin Finns want to Finlandize? What, what well, is... so basically, it wants them to be self, like not be invadable, right? Mm. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. All right. So that's you know, kind of a Cuba deal they made. You know, we don't go and invade Cuba, kind of thing, or something. I guess or. Whatever. Anyway, so Crimea, they're going to keep. That's just a given because of for so many reasons. You know, they got a lot of infrastructure there, military bases and uh, warm water port, warm water port, oil, uh, and natural yeah. gas. Yeah, I it's, mean, uh, yeah, no, this is it's their uh, it's their second like port, uh, like other than, of course, that's why you have Belarus as well. Why that's a, such a tight ally is because they have access to the Ulster Sea, like to the uh, sea in between Finland and Sweden. Like the 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 uh, Baltic countries, like uh, Lithuania, Estonia, uh, and uh, and Latvia, and then you have uh, Belarus just north of that, and and that's where they have their uh, also another base together with uh, you know the the Belarusians. So because so, it's called actually in in Norway it would be called White Russia, uh, the actual name of Belarus, by the way. That's well, what it means. You know, uh, Putin is adamant about uh you know we're not just going to let you annex area it's like all of a sudden 
you know, China took over Mexico, China takes over Venezuela, China takes over the Panama Canal, China, I mean, this is kind of what's happening to Russia. I mean, this, this, this march to surrounding Russia, it's like, look, right. Russia has all their bases around NATO. They're engulfing us. I mean, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and, and, uh, well, it's like it's like what Russia just did. Like they went away from uh, like now they have a cross currency swap with India. They just launched that like two days ago. So it's it's kind of retaliation here. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Tell me about that. They did what? So like what is happening? India and India and Russia made a deal to uh, basically use their currencies to trade instead of the used dollar. Which which currency? Like the it would be the uh, uh, the Indian rupee. And okay, so Russian it's the Indian rupee. rupee. So the India yeah. uh, currency and Russia. Now they did the BRICS. You know, it was, um, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. Is that yeah. all of them? Yeah. So yeah. this yeah. brick thing is that a thing or that just you know they were just well, rattling saber or what? Kind of. It's kind of a little bit like it's not a big thing. Uh, the biggest thing is the AIIB, the Asia Infrastructure Investment Bank. That's kind of the uh, the IMF of uh, China under Chinese control, of course. Uh, but you all like the U.S. is the only non-signatory there. I, I believe Canada signed on, Norway signed on to you know be a part of uh, of that trading block. Like of, uh, okay, of, uh, so to finish up on Crimea. And when you say Baltic, what does that mean? Is that a mountain range, a river, a, a thing? What, what no, does Baltic they're called mean? Balticum. Like they're called the the Baltics. It's it's just like three countries basically, which is uh, Russia. No, it's uh, Lithuania, Latvia, and uh, and Estonia. Why? Why? Why are they? Were um, they are empire well, or something at some time? You know what? I, I'm not sure of that actually. Slacker. That's a, that's a All, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, something for another time. Yeah. Then we can look it up. Yeah. But anyway, so you kind of understand the area there. But um, so Russia is not going to allow Ukraine to become a NATO country, or is that part of the negotiation for them to get the northern part of the Russian-speaking area of Ukraine to be annexed, or at least be not no, part of it's it, or no. what? It's no, it's a no go. Like that's not going to happen. Like Russia is not going to let Ukraine. Like Ukraine has been a little minion of, uh, <laughs> of, of Russia for a very long time. You know how? Uh, what was that guy that uh, used to be the prime minister got poisoned with polonium there? Uh, like he tried to, you know, go he was against prime Russia, minister. So. Yeah, like he was the he was the boss. Yeah, at the time, or of, president. Of, I think it's president that the other of Ukraine. Yeah. You know, I, oh, I I don't remember him being prime. I remember the the story, but you know, I'm because that's way over. I'm, I'm I don't care. Certain. He was high up. Yeah, Damn. he was number Damn. one. Yeah, Damn. get assassinated with radiation. That sucks. Yeah, so don't don't mess huh. with Russia. That's kind of the thing. And uh, like, if you start to speak against Putin and you're supposed to be one of his allies, you don't you don't live very long. A lot of times. Well, yeah, there's uh, Alexander like, like Litashenko, and he was <laughs> the, he was the Russian Federation Security Service SFB and the K and with the KGB, uh, and he fled, and, and he was the one that was. I don't think he wasn't like prime minister. Yeah, he yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Also, he wasn't. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's my fault yeah I was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I was thinking he was intelligence. You're fake news. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, so there's that going on, and I, I did not know about this uh, financial coalition between India and Russia thing. I mean, you know, I've been. I've been. It doing, just happened now. Yeah, well, I've been doing newspapers, so get over it. That's why I have you on. All right, so this <laughs> is the one thing. Uh, start off with Tim. Uh, 
The reason we wanted to do this show today is I wanted to have a better understanding of something I think is important. You know, it's kind of like, you know, yelling with Scott on stuff about, you know, Yemen. You know, better be getting on this Yemen thing because here it comes. And then, of course, it becomes a deal. But um, I'm looking at this, uh, I guess it's a fund, a hedge fund, a financial instrument or whatever, ever guard, ever who gives a crap out of China. And China, what it was, we talked about these ghost cities and so on, you know, for years, for over a decade. I'm going, look, they have cities that can house tens of millions of people all over the place, and there's nobody in them. I don't know. What the hell is the plan? Are they going to move people in or force them off the fields to do the way? What the hell is going on? What happened is they, they get in the capital markets or get money or do somebody, because they the Communist Party, and they can just stroke pen, do whatever the hell they want. You know, they saw that if you could build real estate or build buildings, you would be able to kind of like you Enron Energy or something. You would be able to create a financial instrument that would be on the bonds or sale of these investments. And uh, and that's why they were freaking out about Google mapping, doing satellites and see, oh, you can't have our, you know, secret bases, which is really just our, you know, freaking ghost cities that we're building. I mean, enormous cities. That nobody lives in. But what they do is they're just shells. They're not even built out. They're like an empty high-rise or something. I mean, empty, empty. They got walls and support structure. And they crumble in. And you have guys that go over there and show it's two years later and all the facade. You, you, you get up 30 feet from it. You see it's just falling apart. And the reason was is that they would use this as an excuse for a financial instrument that the Chinese people were investing in. And then, it, you know, foreign investment, but it's just debt, 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 debt. And then all of a sudden now they got to start paying the debt. Well, just in the last couple of days, they missed a debt payment. And they're just like, and the stock's starting to go. China, everybody say China's the economic force of, oh, my God, and it's about ready to fold. You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on worldwide. So if we understand what they did and what's going on and what the future is there and their ability to even buy treasuries or U.S. debt, hell, they're not buying them and they're selling a bunch. I mean, the entire world is about ready to implode and nobody's really seeing what's going on. So how far off am I on that? What do you know, Tim? Explain it to me. Well, I mean, not not too far off. And uh, I mean, the difference here is that now we're in a well, I mean, we're both pretty much in communist countries, whether it's here or China. Uh, but I mean, with China, but you know, back in, you know, when people are calling this, some people are calling this the Lehman moment, but you know, with Lehman, or some people are calling it, oh, no, it's not the Lehman moment, it's the Bear Stearns moment. Well, okay, well, Lehman happened two weeks after Bear Stearns, and then that plunged everything into chaos. But you know, the, I guess the difference is maybe uh, Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan maybe don't own those bonds because it wasn't until those big banks started, you know, getting in trouble with, uh, you know, when they had sold their, you know, made bad bets against, you know, AIG after they had sold AIG these credit default swaps that then uh, Hank Paulson, the Treasury Secretary at the time, who was former Goldman Sachs, you know, came in to help, you know, quote unquote, bail everything out. And so with China owning everything, uh, over there, you know, it's hard to tell what the repercussions will be because they can paper things over and maybe the, you know, the Chinese just come in to go buy up, uh, you know, all the bad debt or at least the Chinese bad debt because there are, there is, you know, scuttlebutt that it sounds like, you know, the debt that is owned owned to foreigners that maybe that that's basically last in the totem pole right. to get paid back. And there is some other speculation too. And again, speculation, I don't have any like inside baseball on this, but that tether is somehow tied into this as well. They that are. The, that that's the crypto, what the, yeah. 
Now, the cryptocurrency Tether, uh, you know, they get a lot of short-term commercial paper, basically short-term loans. Now, they've come out and have denied it, uh, but, you know, they've denied Morgan other Spec things Securities. as well. Oh. So, basically, Tether, so Tether, I mean, it accounts for like 75, 80%. Okay, wait, wait, hold it there. I want to continue. We'll start with the Tether thing, but I want to I want to try and um, explain this so people know what's going on. A lot of the things that you said, people are, what the hell is he talking about? If you watch the movie The Big Short, okay, this kind of you know gives you a good surface view of, of what was going on. But it basically went down like this. Peter Schiff spoke at one of our Freedom Summits in uh, mid-2000s, and he's like, get out of the U.S. currency. A lot of people heard that. They, you know, the you know, wealthy people that go to our summits and so on, they're like, yeah, what he says, man. We can see what's, what's up. And they invested with him and his different access to options he had on the market, blah, blah, blah. Well, what he was describing happened. You know, that's when you say, you know, Peter Schiff was right. Right about what? What he told the Freedom Summit in Manchester, New Hampshire, the only Freedom Summit we had outside the state. So it started, you know, the uh, Free State Project. We went there to kind of you know, bring attention to the Free State Project. Well, and Ron Paul was one of the speakers there that year, too. So we go, okay, what was he saying? What happened was they knew that these indexes and these uh, – uh, hedge funds, these um, ETFs, these, you know, whatever indexes they're doing on the promise that real estate would always go up, okay? That real estate's going to go up, it's going to go up forever and always it's going to go up. Well, no, it's not. Well, they were selling housing uh, shares and stuff short. That's what the big short was about. Well, uh, Goldman Sachs knew as time went on, they're like, damn. We would sell these short contracts. Oh, you want to sell short on real estate? Okay, we'll sell them to you. Well, as time was going on, they could see it was going to crash. And the only way that they, these pension funds and big giant you know, conglomerates of money were from unions and municipal employee pensions and all that kind of stuff on the promise of they're going to be making more and more money on real estate never goes down. When it does go, you know, they uh, and they lose their AAA rating, they have to sell into the market because they can't hold anything that's not AAA and all that kind of stuff. That's where Moody's and SP and you know uh, come in and rate these bonds and so on, and so that they can be held by these pension funds and so on. When they go down and they see it's all a lie, well, then Goldman Sachs started selling short themselves. They were selling their own client. They were dumping all kinds of crap, knowing it was going to go down. Well, when it did, who? what was the hedge on that? What was the other side, like the insurance? They don't want you to say the word insurance. But the hedge on that was with AIG, that they had these you know, contracts that if it went down a certain amount, then they would pay off. It's kind of like insurance. Credit default swaps, yeah. Yeah, credit default swap kind of thing, whatever. So when that happened, all of a sudden Goldman Sachs is like, and this is what Peter Schiff was saying. He's going, when it goes down, which it did a lot, and then he liquidated his fund, kind of like in the big short. He's like, I'm going to liquidate and you know take our profit now. But I remember a lot of people going, no, Peter, keep us in. It's going to go, and they're guaranteed to pay 100% of the debt. And then he goes, they don't have the money. They can't pay it back. So what happened, he took his profits, and you stopped you know, you know, screaming because I did it and get over it, and I'm the managing what, just like in the big short thing. So when they did that, all of a sudden, Goldman Sachs has all of these, you know, payouts that they're supposed to get from AIG. They were the other side of this trade, just kind of hedge their bet, and, you know, they won't go bankrupt, which they were, you know, going. So what happens is AIG didn't have the money to pay. So who had to bail out? 
That's where Paulson comes in and says, your your brains or your signature is going to be on this paper and you're going to be in, you know, the too big to fail of whatever all that crap was going on. The reason was is because they had to pay, pay bail out AIG so they could give the money to Goldman Sachs. That's what was mm. going on. How far off am I? No, you're spot on. It's a, what you have in China right now, What ha, what is happening with Evergrande, is uh, if you went and looked at the data, unfortunately I didn't earlier, but I, I did look at the S&P, so Standards & Poor's, one of the rating agencies' data on on uh, what's happening in, in, um, in China. And um, what you see is always, you know, before trouble, they start to issue mass issue uh, the derivatives on their products. So what they did in China for, since 2017, mass issuance of mortgage-backed securities. Now, who's sitting on those is a massive question. Is a pension fund somewhere? Uh, you know, who is sitting on those uh, worthless derivatives now? Because that is what you Could know, be collapsed. Debt. That was what collapsed pension funds in Norway. You know, the CDOs pe- collapsed pension funds in Norway. Um, and so who's sitting on that, right? And then, uh, of course, you've got the, the two major banks that are sitting on those in China is... Uh, the China Construction Bank, and then I think there's, oh, I forgot the other one, but there's two major banks, and they're actually on a list called the GSIB list, so the Globally Systemically Important Bank that the FSB sends out every year, uh, and they sit on there, so they are systemically important, so they probably have cross-pollination with, with a lot of others now because it's more open, you know, the, the trade uh, and also derivative, uh, you know, exposure in between each other. So who knows who's sitting on the bag of derivatives this time is everybody all uh, in and know. it's gone thank you for playing yeah and 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 who knows you know the pb pboc you know is coming in there that actually the uh the, the china uh, chinese uh yuan just recently collapsed uh a bit down and yeah so there you got bank of china and uh china construction bank yeah those two and then of course the industrial so yeah those three are the major holders of these mortgage-backed securities on a lot of the evergrande debt uh, so they are in huge distress, the three biggest yeah, banks. And, and of so, course, this whole thing. everybody says that China is the big economic threat, the man threat, the threat, the threat. I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing they built this out of, it's a paper tiger, and it's going to go. Yeah, yeah, but look at look at where they were at. Like, they're globally systemically important bank. They're only two levels under, like, they're, they're number five, and like, they're top ten in the world of global systemically important banks so that nothing is going to happen out of this and people will be like, oh, there's just going to be like a yeah. little chaos nah, over no, in they're, Asia. They're top of a big pile yeah. of crap coins. I mean, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Now, yeah. let's go back to Tim. I want you to finish, yeah. you know, on the Tether thing. So the Tether is a cryptocurrency that is te- it's tethered to the dollar. It's just like a, a crypto that's being used as, um, you know, a mechanism by which to move securely you know bank transactions so it's kind of you know why not ripple i mean that's what ripple was about too so um i'm i tell me the story of how this crypto is playing into all this uh finish that will you tim yeah well i mean i guess if you bring it back to ripple ripple is isn't necessarily trying to be one-to-one to the dollar whereas the basically the entire point of tether is to be stable relative stable to the dollar now when they initially came out they said that they had held one dollar in reserves for every dollar that they have and you know that Liars. came out to be bullshit where now they have they hold on to very i mean a very tiny amount i mean maybe like one percent of the fund is, is dollars and the rest is different types of commercial paper and a lot of the speculation is about half of that commercial paper basically short-term bonds 
is in China. And so even if they don't directly hold Evergrande bonds and the theory is that there'd be some sort of fallout from there, and that would be big news, at least in the short term. In the, in the long run, I'm not worried about what's going to happen with Bitcoin at all. Um, and in fact, it would probably make it even stronger, just like, you know, Mount Gox happened. And that was much more of a systemically important event to cryptocurrency than uh, than if Tether's going down because there are replacements to Tether. There's, you know, plenty yeah, of other stable coins that are out there that could pick up the slack and you'd see decentralization. Anyways, whole separate topic. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I mean, the, the Tether link is that people, uh, you know, are speculating that that there is, you know, quite a bit of Evergrande debt in there or there's you know some mortgage you know, backed securities. Yeah. Shell type Evergrande. companies and yeah. other mortgage-backed securities. It's not just Evergrande. It's like because if Evergrande yeah. goes down or <laughs> as are going down now, uh, you you know one of the largest asset classes in the world, maybe the largest asset class in the world, could actually be you know Chinese property values, and so then it would be then the global fallout. But who knows what's going to happen? Because maybe China comes in and they buy up all the bonds and try to shore up all the people, but then that would then just, you know, ramp up inflation even more so they can try to bury this, but that's just going to hurt their, you know, middle class and probably erode the middle class as most people's wages are not keeping up with inflation. It just came out actually today. And, and then this, you know, could have been like a lead story, you know, any other time. Uh, but I mean, inflation is the highest point. It's, it's officially stated now at 6.8% as of today, which is the highest point in my entire life. Uh, I wasn't even born the last. I wasn't even alive. It's the, the same last as time. Mexico. Mexico, Tim. Yeah, it's I wasn't even alive. Mexico. I wasn't even alive. I don't think John was alive either. The last time inflation oh. was this high, stated this high, which was 1982. And then even if you go to shadow stats, uh, let me try to pull I up won. right now. <laughs> so even if you go to uh, like shadowstats.com, which I I did have it pulled up. I'm trying to. I think I may have accidentally gotten off of it. So let me get. Let me go right back. Yeah. But, to here. but even if you go to trading economics, Tim, as well, you, you look there. at like the number of double digit like uh, inflation nations right now. It's insane. And uh, the U.S. and Canada is right up there. Like if you have official numbers, I can only imagine what the inflation you know, would be this like. Is something, right, well, let's go ahead and Tim, yeah. show us what you pulled up. But I want to ask yeah. John some questions about this inflation thing. You know, um, uh, give me a second to formulate the question. Go ahead, Tim. What were, what were you trying to show? Yeah, so shadowstats.com, for those of you who don't know, and Ernie has interviewed uh, the head of this. Um, I'm actually blanking on his name right now. Uh, John, help me out with the, with his name. John uh, Williams. John Williams. John, John Williams of Shadowstats. I think I helped hook uh, hook you guys up. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah uh, I remember. So 19. So what they did is throughout the years, you know, they changed how they measure inflation. I mean, no surprise to your audience. Right. But, you know, long story short, they if you were to calculate the inflation today, like you did back in the 90s, inflation today would be a little over 10 percent. If you go back to the 80s, how they calculated inflation, we'd be you know right at 15 percent, which would pretty much you know put us exactly in line with, you know, basically the, the highest you know, it was, you know, pretty much during the actually this, his chart only goes back to 1981. And basically, this puts us exactly where we're at in during the right default now. in the 70s. And yeah. except back then you had, you know, not that I like to, uh, you know, ever glorify any Federal Reserve governor, but, you know, one of the only Broker. probably real Federal Reserve governors that was actually doing what they were supposed to be doing at the time. And again, you know, I hate these guys and the Fed shouldn't exist. So let's get, get that out of the way was, you know, Paul Volcker. And so could you even imagine, I mean, we don't have a Paul Volcker in there right now. And everyone thinks, like, oh, you know, Jerome Paul was the hawkish Fed pick. I mean, what do you mean that he's the hawkish Fed 
Fed pick. He printed like half the fucking money that's ever been printed in one year last year. Now he's the hawk. And because he, you know, and now that he's been appointed for a second term, that all of a sudden he's going to be the guy By that Biden, fights inflation. From Trump to Biden, he must be a hell of a, you know, talented well, guy. For, well, uh, and the thing is, if you want to listen, uh, I mean, because, I mean, you know, you first started having me on uh, right before the 2016 election, September of 2016. And, uh, and it, it was pretty much immediately he picked Jerome Paul and I immediately got off the Trump train at that point and probably had the most prof- profanity laden uh, podcast I ever did. And the thing is, I think I've been vindicated about a thousand times over now that Biden picks the same guy that Trump picked. And let me probably move the microphone back. But Biden picks the same guy that Trump picks, which is, you know, sort of the coward's way out because he could say, oh, well, it was Trump's guy. And I just wanted to, you know, make sure that, you know, he was he sailed through, unlike their pick for the Office of Comptroller Currency, which just got shot down Amarova. And and then also let's also remember that Biden. Uh, that, oh, she uh, finally got you know booted. Do we don't have to believe, worry about her I, anymore? I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. So now we'll have another communist in there. No, so a literal right before, communist. I mean, damn, that was like for grins <laughs> and giggles, man. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's like the Trump strategy of trying to go big on the other side, so that way the uh, you know the you know the the compromise of someone that's not as communist as her. But yeah, I mean, she you need a fascist. Yeah, she was just about as awful as you could possibly imagine. <laughs> and then. Um, uh, Biden, and then, but then who nominated Paul? I mean, to the Board of Federal Reserve Governors was Obama, and then Trump picks <laughs> Obama's guy, and then Biden continues on with. Trump's yeah, I guy. don't know what game Trump's playing. He's not, and it's why I am so supportive of uh, guys like um, like Alessandro Fusillo, uh taking the reins in Europe philosophically, understanding all these players and this stuff, and having such success because. Europe has not heard the real libertarian, leave me alonist, uh, proper rule of government message. Like, I don't know, most people. Well, they, they're Mario Draghi. They're Mario Draghi over there. Well, no they're former, also lucky that they former. haven't heard the uh, like Nick Starwark, you know, tainted version of this either, uh, and that they are trying to focus on actual like ANCAP principles and not really trying to have anything to do with you know politics and let's vote a little bit harder. And I, I almost said right. earlier when you brought up Alex Jones, that Alex Jones' show has gotten much much better since trump's been out of office and now he's been you know criticizing trump big time but the thing is he still it still comes back to you know we need to vote really hard during this next election and, and really vote hard in this next rigged election which you know drives me absolutely nuts um yeah it's just you know ridiculous but i guess you know getting back to evergrande it's funny because at one point you said evergreen evergreen was actually that ship that got stuck in the canal <laughs> that and you know started you know, some of these some of these uh you know supply chain problems to begin with but the thing is, they're, they're just going to it seems like the Chinese government is going to paper this over. But then the average Chinese person, the thing is, we're like all these big cities. I mean, China, you know, I'm not sure what their birth rate is, but you know, I imagine it's probably pretty low. And they're trying to, you know, incentivize, you know, people to have children now. Yeah, they're on the deflationary pressure. Big time. And so are we. I mean, Elon Musk even came out yeah. the other day and said that basically society is going to crumble because we're not having enough children. And so, I mean, you need to have 2.1 children or else you're going, your population is going to decrease. And so, and, and yeah, the thing is, everything is built. Yeah, the mountain of debt troubles. Yeah, everything is built on more and more <laughs> debt. And so, you know, we yeah. have a uh, debt-based economy, unfortunately. And so you need to keep, you know, getting the Ponzi scheme, having more and more debt. And uh, and part of getting more and more debt is, you know, this whole Build Back Better program where they want to have trillions of dollars. Oh, you know, let me go in another rabbit hole. <laughs> I inherited a not some legacy positions from a, cl- from a brand new client that I have. And it was about a hundred thousand dollars in one one uh, municipal bond fund that he had, and it was like a decently sized fund. 
And so I just went in to go and it was a fund where, you know, it was about even it wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to incur a big capital gain on there. And so I wanted to sell that so I could put him into some things. And this was just one fund he had of, of many funds, uh, relatively small position, hundred, it was $100,000. So I went click. So sell it. And I had a, a warning sign pop up on my computer that I've never had before that said, like, we cannot make this trade go through because this could tank like the entire market. And it was like TD Ameritrade giving me a warning saying that this, that little <laughs> old me, little old Tim Pacho, I'm like a, in a relatively, I mean, we're talking a hundred thousand dollar position. We're not talking like you yeah, know, a billion dollar you know, position. Yeah. We're talking chicken shit money for, in the grand scheme of things, obviously a hundred thousand could mean a lot to a lot of people. It would mean a lot to me. But too many aspects secured. We're talking a hundred thousand dollars in a mini bond in a u.s mini bond fund we're not talking you know uh i'm not warren buffett over here and so we so anyways i got the fucking message saying that like this could be a systemically important like bring down the system type thing on my on my own screen and so i so then i had to then like over the course over the course so then over well then over the course of the next like week and a half i just had to like you know, maybe sell like, uh, you know, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a day. So they wouldn't let stock. you do it. I mean, you could not sell it. No, they 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 wouldn't. Now I, I, I'm out of it now. So now I'll talk about it. But yeah, I'm out of that position now. But it was just a, a position I inherited from someone's other financial no, I, no, advisor the, the that I brought that over. They, that is that is manipulation right there. You know, they wouldn't so, let me sell. They're basically saying that the order book wouldn't be big enough and that the, the trade volume was low enough on this fund where you know me selling a hundred thousand dollars at once would basically you know bring it down <laughs> wow me a little old, little Tim, old me and i'm not even that Tim, big you should advisor be, compared to that. you need to be on top above so, uh jp morgan there on the gsib list yeah i couldn't believe i was like, the liberty advisor. like a hundred thousand dollar it was like a hundred and five thousand okay. dollars like and, and that all was right, gonna bring right. it down what would that tell normies out here i mean me you know i'm going Wow, I mean, the, only, the first don't be, any, I, don't be in any muni bonds because it's all bullshit, and you shouldn't be in any any you know, bonds. You know. Well, see, this is what you know, I look at, and I go, "Whoa, that they would even do that." That's like a sign in of it. Could be somebody warning you that there needs to be a warning of them doing warnings. I mean, I have I have no idea. That's why I'm like, yeah, well, here in Canada, silver, they couldn't. Yeah, here in Canada in March, they couldn't sell Canadian AAA rated bonds. Why? Okay, so. Yeah, and this was like a week. And for the and for the viewers, this is like a week and a half ago. This is like a week yeah. and a half ago. This is not like you know ancient history. Like this yeah. just happened to me recently since the last time I've been on your show. Yo, know, so. I saw. Yo, know, this is one thing I always say this, and I was really, I was really, you know, um, uh, encouraged that you used the title on your article, Tim. You know, it won't happen all at once, but it will happen overnight. You know, because that because yeah. <laughs> this is exactly what you're talking about. You know, it's just kind of, all of a sudden you're just like. I'm not allowed to trade, you know. Actually, my... that happened after I wrote that article. So that, so this happened afterwards. <laughs> I'm like, little old me, a hundred thousand dollar trade, and it wouldn't go, and it wouldn't go. They wouldn't let me do it, and so uh, I, I'm I'm out of that now. But and the thing yeah, is, people are in that. Article. That's like their safe. That's like their safety. Like their safe play was being in this municipal bond fund was like the safe thing to be in, and the safe. But it, how safe is is it if you can't? Did you get share out of this it? information with your client? What happened? Actually, I tried calling him and he didn't didn't answer because this is like a he's got a lot of money in crypto. And so this was like almost like a, you know, rounding error type thing for him. So it wasn't that, that huge of a deal. Yo, do he, me a I, favor real quick, Tim. Stand up so we can read the rest of your shirt. The final COVID variant is is called communist. OK, OK. Yeah. I was wondering, I'm yeah. like, what the heck? <laughs> you know. All right. So now we know. All right. The um, uh, so. Ever guard, right? 
Ever grand. Ever gra- grande. Every, ever grand. Ever grand. All right. Well, whatever. Like, yeah. you know, I, I care. <laughs> but the, uh, you know, I could see that the, I, if you follow the news as much as I do, and, um, but I'm not, I, I don't have the resources of the time or the freaking give a crap to go down every freaking one of these rabbit holes because a lot of time I go, well, that's just Bear Stearns. That's just Lehman. That's just, you know, Paulson doing what? That's just same crap. It just keeps happening over and over and over. And as I, because I do remember, you know, the inflation of the early 80s and the late 70s and OPEC and Carter to Reagan and yada, 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 yada. And how Reagan got out of it the same way Trump, they just, you know, spent a crap load more government money. You know, to think Reagan was this great, super, you know, conservative, whatever, not so much, you know. So Volker kind of and he signed all the drug and he signed all the stuff to, you know, for all the drug war to, you know, help, you know, height and you know, ramp that up big time. Uh, I actually I just saw a great documentary on uh, this guy, Randy Lanier on Netflix, not to take another. Uh, it was just basically this guy who was a drug dealer that, that became a race car driver and he was doing like these huge. It was, it was awesome. I would definitely recommend anyone watch this. What's on, the name on, of it? I think it was called Bad. If you search Bad Sports. And then the guy, there was like a series of these, and then Randy Lanier. Uh, one of someone had sent it to me the other day, and I watched it, and it was fantastic. But that this guy became like he, I think he won like the Indianapolis 500, or he won some like league that he was in, like like his first year as a rookie, and he was funding himself <laughs> through doing drug deals, and like he came out of nowhere, but then became like the rookie of the year at <laughs> Indy and stuff, and it was pretty pretty phenomenal. And he turned down, and then like Ford wanted to hire him, and he could have gotten out of the drug deal, and then he turned down. Ford's offer to be like one of their drivers, but this guy like was doing on a shoestring budget and competing against these huge factories that had like millions of dollars worth of uh, spare parts at the track. And this guy was basically just showing up with like, you know, a car and, you know, a few spare parts here and there and, and beating like Porsche and beating like all these huge factories. <laughs> And oh, it was, they, and they gotta it, investigate that then. You know? Yeah, and then he, yeah, and then he found, then he, then it came, then it came out that like, uh, then some guy like hired him to be the driver, but then the guy, then his car broke, and the guy didn't have any extra parts. He's like, screw that, I'm not gonna be, you know, getting embarrassed. And so he's like, oh wait, I need ten million dollars and start doing drug deals to get the to be able to fund his <laughs> race car career. So, and it was like he wasn't doing it to get rich; he was doing it so he could become a race car driver. Um, I, I guarantee, I guarantee, yeah, it was it was awesome. But anyways, so sorry for that rabbit hole. But the, the point is, inflation right now is insane. And the thing is, I mean, go, even go to like they're talking about like food prices. Well, what about the food prices if you're trying to eat organically? I mean, if I want to give like my daughter's like a, a yeah. get it, my daughter's like a half gallon of you know organic milk or like almond milk. Oh, I mean, it's like five, yeah. it's like basically like ten bucks a gallon. Like if you want to drink organically right now, and that's Surprising. even if they I, even I have it. Mostly. Yeah, I, okay. organic. I, I want to I want to share this with you because this is you know this kind of thing is it's happening now. So I want to make sure the audience knows. In two thousand five, I started working for Air America. You know, uh, with Charles Goyette doing you know, the morning show there and so on. Three hours a day, we're you know kicking ass. And uh, as I was producing for that, you know, Charles was like, "Yeah, you know you." You do really good at this stuff. You know, we kind of, so I got to have some input on the show. I'd have a computer. It was always off screen. I could play clips and do, and, and I get the guests and everything. It was like having a thoroughbred horse. I mean, Charles is so well read. He just kicked that. And he had people on. He didn't have them on until he read their book. I mean, he, he had a garage full of books. So all I had to do is just tee up the ball, tee it up, tee it up. All right, hand, I was the caddy. I mean, hand him the driver, now go get some. So, you know, I just, I couldn't tee up enough balls, man. I mean, it was awesome. That was probably the most fun <laughs> job that I've ever had. You know, I, you know, publishing, you know, this is a lot of work. 
But I tell you, just to have fun and somebody else pay me for it was doing producing for Charles. That was just awesome. So the um, during that time, I remember we were having uh, Jim Rogers on, the billionaire biker. You know, he, he and Soros kind of started a thing together, and he went hardcore libertarian, you know, uh, uh, Jim Rogers. And I remember every week I'd have him on from Shanghai usually or New York or wherever the hell he was, and he would come on and they'd talk about this stuff. And the big thing I remember, he's going, you know, the Ferrari drivers are going to be the farmers. He goes, this is going to, this is going to be a food thing. So I've always had that in the back of my mind. At the time... They were doing this inflation thing is only. Oh, Lamborghini started off as a track. Lamborghini started off as a tractor company, but no. Really? Yeah. Ah, all right. So, 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 yeah, you gotta have a. All right, that's good to know. Come yeah. full circle. Come full circle. Yeah, here we go. You put Lamborghini cab on the. That'd be fun. So what happens is he comes in and he says, um, uh, it was uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac when uh, they were kind of a. I don't know what the hell they were. They were a housing fund, you know, loans for, you know, doing housing, government guaranteed, whatever it was. And he goes, they stopped doing their quarterly reporting. And he goes, it's over. The housing thing's done. This is 05. And there we go. No, 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 I can't. But when Charles wrote his New York Times bestselling book, The Dollar Meltdown, he had, he goes, Ernie, do you have those? Because I archived everything. I had CDs every day. I had stacks of CDs of all of his shows in MP3. And he goes, why did I go? Yeah, I got it by date. And we go to our calendar that we used to have on Yahoo or whatever. And I printed it out because I knew that was going to go away. So I had it, and I looked at the date of it. Get, yep, there's a CD. So that he could quote Roger saying this stuff on his show. And what it was is he's going, the fact that they stopped their quarterly reporting meant they were lying sacks of snot, and there's no penalty they're going to give them. Nobody's going to say anything. Who's going to prosecute? That kind of deal. And we're going to make them do it. And um, that they were lying and the housing market was going to go. He's like, here we go. At the same time, they were doing what they're doing now. Oh, inflation's only 6% or whatever the hell they say it is. Well, how they got that number, because COLA, cost of living adjustments for entitlements to retirees, like your Social Security, Medicaid, Medicaid, or whatever the crap's going on, these entitlements are based on COLA, cost of living adjustments, which is a big thing. People were screaming about inflation when this happened. Not before. a half a liter of Coke. <laughs> cool. I'm sorry? Cool. It's not based on a half a liter of Coca-Cola. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, whatever. You know, they had different indexes. So what they did is they'd go like this. They would say, um, we're going to have a uh, the cost of living adjustment that we increase these entitlements that the government has to pay is based on certain criteria. Well, cost of this, cost of this, cost of this, and we'll put that in the whatever, and that'll be, you know, how much cost of living adjustment is that would have broken the United States government. This everything libertarians all Austrian economics, everybody and Ron Paul been screaming about was going to happen. We can't afford this debt because when the entitlements go up and the debt is priced at what it's supposed to be, yada, 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 the entire planet implodes. And here we go. Well, what they did in the cost of living adjustment is on an index, super price index or something in 05. I remember this. They took off housing, energy, and uh, food, you know, so as long as you didn't go anywhere, live anywhere, or eat, you know, you didn't have inflation, so they didn't have the adjustment. So that's why they keep going, oh, inflation is always, they manipulate these numbers so that there isn't this big cola, this cost of living adjustment they have to do, and that was a lie, and we could see it. So this is a slow march, or rapid, or whatever, right up until you get to what, you know, it's called, I remember in Charles's book, 
It's called the crack-up boom. And the crack-up boom is when, you know, you, you, you know it's crack-up boom when people... It's when are, everybody's on crack? That that's it? when everybody brings in their wheelbarrow, dumps their cash, and says, give me that <laughs> rake. You know, I got something for my paper. I'm tired of paper, wallpaper in my bathroom with it, you know? So this is coming. It's inevitable. So this is when Tim talks about, you know, interest rates and manipulating it and cost of living adjustments and super price index rates. These are all variables that they, them, those control to hide what's really happening. So with that understanding, I asked Tim, you know, and or, you know, John, the real true inflation of everything what people are living with is what? Because I remember this is what happened to my parents. They were all happy about how much money they had and how much they were making in their stock market of doing this and everything. And I looked at when my father passed away, went through, because he kept freaking records, man. He loved his, you know, dot matrix printouts of tax returns and detailed whatever. And I'm looking through it, and I could see what the problem was. They didn't accurately anticipate how much inflation there was going to be in their lives, and it wasn't being caught up with. And that is what eventually caused them to just, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, whatever, you know, my father passed away right when it was going to start getting bad. So I'm, um, I, I want that understood. Now we're looking at the interest rates and the impact it's going to have on everybody's lives now with that kind of knowledge that it already has happened. Yeah. What are they going to manipulate now? How can they, you know, fix it? And there's so many different ways yeah. to manipulate this. I mean, so let's say you used to, you bought an iPhone that, you know, costs $500 and the next iPhone you buy costs $1,000. So the price went up 100%. But what they'll say is, well, now you're getting so much more value in the new iPhone. You know, the camera's way better and uh, it's got way more memory and it's got, you know, it's faster and better processors that maybe now the, the phone is, uh, you know, 10 times better than your previous phone. Or, or you, you do payments. So even though, well, that's a whole other subject, <laughs> but even though, it, so, so even though the phone costs twice as much, it's 10 times better. So what they'll say is actually, you know, the phone is now uh, 500% cheaper because it's, you know, relative to the value you get now for a thousand versus the value you got for 500, you're getting so much more value now that it, the phone is actually cheaper and that there's actually deflation, even though the price costs twice as much. So that's a called a hedonic adjustment. And then if you used to buy uh, you know, steak, and now you're buying uh, hot dogs, then they'll just put the price of hot dogs in as a substitution. Spag. Or you're buying, you know, cereal that was, you know, however many ounces, 16 ounces, and now it's 12 ounces, and that's shrinkflation, or, you know, two liters, or, you know, two liters anymore, uh, or a liter, I don't know what they, probably, I gave up soda, but uh, the thing is, there's multiple ways to do this stuff. Uh, you know, I wrote like a little, uh, little booklet on this, it's only about like, maybe less than 20 pages long called how it's rigged where I go through all this stuff. And maybe if you guys already know this, you can give this to your, uh, you know, to your friends, but if you just go to how it's rigged.com, I've got like a little, uh, thing where you can put your email in and then, you know, confirms you're a real person. they will send you a little e-booklet. It's for free. Uh, so yeah, I think it's only like 16 pages. And originally I wrote it to dispel all the crap that, um, Obama was doing. And then I, then basically it could be used, you know, for Trump as well. And you know, basically it's you know it's timeless. It's a uh, it's a uh, evergreen piece. So as we're talking about ever evergreen, yeah. we can go back to evergreen. And so the I mean the game plan is to under the best case circumstances, even if there isn't a major meltdown, would would be to you know basically make the middle class turn into the lower class as you know their you know real cost of living goes up 10 15% per year but then their raises go up you know 3 to 4% per year yeah. and they're losing you know at least 10% purchasing power and you don't need to lose 10% purchasing power for very long you only would need to lose that for 7.2 years before you everything you buy costs twice as much money 
Well, Tim, I actually, I posted on our Discord, and I don't know if you can find it on the general chat. I posted a chart where actually it's just new numbers that are out, and it actually shows like income and, and how much you're struggling. And everybody under $100,000 are actually severely struggling right now. You know, like you hear these morons uh, talk about like, oh, inflation is good for you. Uh, and well, meanwhile, everybody under, I think it was 30,000, you know, like 78 or 79% is in uh, distress already in financial distress because of this. And I, I just listen to people around me here and, and they are saying that they can't buy the food that they want anymore because it's too expensive. So people are like most, you got to remember, most people are living paycheck to paycheck. Like they're not, you know, like uh, wealthy individuals that, you know, have a, a lot of buffer, you know, to uh, to fight this and uh, this inflation. Like here in Canada, there was just an article yesterday that, you know, it's going to cost thousand dollars more for food now uh, for the average family uh, in in Canada. Uh, so you've seen that everywhere, you know, this, this inflationary pressure. And, and of course, it wasn't transitory. Me and Tim, you know, have beaten all the thousands of PhDs over there at the Federal Reserve. Because we said the you know, inflation is not transitory, guys. It's going to. Yeah, we lost your signal there, John, for a second. Well, in the in the, me- in the meantime, uh, since the last time we've been on, Jerome Powell has now retired the word transitory from their briefings. And so they so the Fed last time since the last time we've been on has now officially retired the word transitory from. There and that's actually the phrasing that they use is we've retired this. Um, so I don't know if John's back with us. It seems like he's still frozen. Maybe he's got to turn his uh, his video off to uh, save his bandwidth. If you can hear that. Well, you may have to come back in. Let me see. No, he's still there. That's all right. Go ahead and. Uh, they got him. They. Uh, no, he's, now John was telling me some stories. I mean, basically, like in Canada, he's. I just saw actually today that New York State just imposed a statewide mask mandate again. So. You know, I thought it was going to come in November, so that's why I snuck in to go see my family uh, in September. And I thought I was crazy. Oh, they're not going to have a mask mandate again. And so I snuck in to go see them before that happened. And as of uh, as of this coming Monday, there's a now a statewide mask mandate in New York. So uh, we've got that. But up in, up in Canada, uh, you know, John was saying he's basically not even allowed to go over to his in laws for Thanksgiving because if you have a vaccine, one unvaccinated person. Sorry. If you have one unvaccinated person in your household, then uh, basically you're only allowed to have, I think, like one guest over. And so he's not. Uh, but if you're but if you're all vaccinated, you can have a, like a limited amount of people there. So it's uh, a crazy situation. And John, they, they they didn't get you. We see that you're back. I, I It was funny. My phone overheated. There was too much inflation talk. You know, <laughs> <inflation> overheated. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Oh, it's, yeah, uh, I was the in the car or something. Yeah, but anyways, uh, as you can see, I'm in the gulag, guys. I ended up in the gulag, <laughs> and actually, this here right behind me is actual COVID pods. They were built uh, to in, imprison people, so I kind of like feel like I'm in a gulag yeah, right that now. Is, that I, is, they're starts. actually doing this in Australia. I, I am, yeah. I am, man, that is a big giant. Oh my God, reason why you don't get disarmed. You know, this has been, yeah, I'm, I'm, i we're, we're. 22 is going to be the year of, you know, separation from the grid. I, I'm really advocating for, you know, are you kidding me? The, um, uh, what was it you were talking about right before uh, you did, did all these travelers? Oh, okay, I got to share with you guys this. I'll, I'll do this on this show because I haven't shared this. Um, a couple months ago, I was contacted. They, they are recruiting me. 
Uh, and I haven't really committed because I was, you know, I'm busy doing um, the paper and everything, and we were working on that. And I wanted to uh, go ahead and make sure that they knew that I was interested, I wanted to help, but they want me to MC uh, on Arcapoco this year. And, uh, and I'm going, Ooh. okay, well, let's, you know, let's see what's going on. I said, all right, well, I get a good day. You know, a lot of guys, that get paid a bunch for this, and I don't care. I get, you know, go down and have a vacation with Donna and, you know, get to bring the paper and kind of whatever. You know, that's good. Nah, okay. would, you, would you drive down? or? Uh, okay, that's the point. That's what I want to get into. Now, this is what happened. So I said, I'll go ahead and check into it. Let me get through this paper and so on, and I'll, I'll get to it. And they keep, you know, Macy and, you know, Catherine, they keep, you know, paying me. And I'm going, all right, I'll, I'll get into it when I get done. So yesterday, day before, I go, all right, now let's take a look. Because, you know, the travel restrictions, everything change all the time anyway. So I go and I look, and I go, all right, airline, what do I got to do? You know, what what, what I got to do? What I got I to do? I got to what? You know? So I, I go, you can't get any information. You can't get anybody online. You can't talk to anybody. You can't, they just, uh, you show up and you do whatever the hell they're going to tell you. That's what happens, right? So I go, nope, 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 not playing that. I'm not getting poked or prodded, not helping with their theater. Sure as hell, I'm not getting vaccined. I'm not going to get tested. I'm not, I'm not playing. Now, in Mexico, you know, the Mexican government, they have forms and so on there. They were pretty open about it. They go, and it goes like this. This is the attitude I got from them. You know, we really don't care, and we put it in the trash form of whatever, but, you know, they're making us take to where you fill out this form. And the form, we want your phone number and email, and then we want to get you later, you know, kind of thing. So I'm going, all right, well, maybe I will in another country if I, you know, I don't really care. And so uh, I get on the plane, I go, I fill out, you know, because you got to fill out all your other crap, and I just, eh, I'm not feeling warm and fuzzy about it, but at least they're not poking and prod me. Now, what's it like to come back in the U.S.? To come back, oh, you're vaccinated, or you have to do your PCR test or this test or kiss the ring or something. Not and if you I, drive. I, okay, so I'm going, nope, that ain't happening. Well, one, I don't want to drive. You want me to drive to Acapulco from Phoenix? Well, you better start forking over some cash, get me a driver, a, you know, uh, insure the bus or something. You know, and Donna, she's like, oh, thanks for, you know, the nice – you know, deal you negotiated, but I ain't going. She's like, nope, not doing it. I don't want to. She's been a couple of times. You know, that's when we first met James Corbett. We were at the first one and so on. Now we got to know each other and so on. So I'm going, I, I'm looking forward to seeing old friends, make it new, being, I'll put on a good show for them and, you know, be professional and all that kind of stuff, brush my teeth and everything. So I'm just like, all right, you know, here we go. <laughs> so the thing is, is that, you know, so Macy's like, yeah, well, you can, you know, drive or fly to San Diego, go to Tijuana, go across the border, get a you know, plane there, go to Arcpoke, come back, drive, that, 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 which I'm willing to go through a little bit of hoops just to have a story and the experience and say I did and help out some friends. I mean, you know, that, that that's my motivation. But I am not going to be part of their theater. I am not going to you know, have them stick a stick of my freaking nose behind my eyeball and all this other crap. And God knows what's on it. So I'm just like, no, I'm not playing. So we're negotiating that right now. I haven't talked to it. This is the first time, you know, that I, you know, you know, publicly saying this, you know, on the show, I think yesterday or something, I mentioned it, you know, like in the fifth. I, hour. I heard you mention, I heard you mention it on another show that yeah, you were well, talking the, with them. Yeah. The fifth hour of, Frank of doing. Are you, are you gonna sail? Whatever. Are you gonna sail down there, uh, Ernie? Am I? You know, go to the go to California and then sail down. To you know, I was wondering. I go, well, how many <laughs> ballistic missiles do they shoot on you when you're 
freaking sail around the wall. I mean, I, I I'll don't just know. make sure Jeff's just <laughs> make sure Jeff's not chartering that because he uh, has crashed a sailboat <laughs> yeah, once no, and I, sank yeah, it. Yeah, no. Uh, well, no. Jo- well, Josh and I drove, and Tina, we drove down the. Well, Tina and I drove to Puerto Vallarta and back. So, I mean, that's not too much. Well, uh, how was closer. it? How safe and secure did you feel? Uh, now the big tip is here, uh, that you want to get, if you're driving more than a hundred kilometers in, apparently you need some sort of like temporary import permit thing that they only have at the border. We didn't have that. And so that was like a freebie for the, us to get, you know, shaken down in Sinaloa when we're already, you know, like 15 hours into the trip. So, you know, there's some like, so you need to have, so we had the insurance, but then on top of that, you need to have this, uh, like permit thing that no one ever tells you about. And so, uh so that was and the man you shakes know, you down for a little something something yeah we got shaken down <laughs> twice in like freaking yeah. 10 minutes in a row oh, then we, then, get that, get them gringo, and it's, i don't know if i'd want to take a bus down there and i know like you know colin was talking about bringing a bus down there but i don't know, like the roads are so crappy in mexico that uh like there's all these potholes and stuff and i don't know i just wouldn't that i wouldn't want to like bring the a trailer in manitoba <laughs> i mean i wouldn't want to bring a trailer down there because a lot of people like were asking, and then like a lot of like the the roads are like really narrow, like at least like in Puerto Vallarta, like like where Josh is at. So that would be like a nightmare trying to negotiate and around Acapulco some of those turns. Not close. I mean, it's like um, it's a lot further than uh, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, it's a lot further it's than all Puerto the way on the southern tip. Yeah, it's all the southern tip of Mexico, right? Kind of. Danny Sesam yeah. has done it a bunch of times with his. Uh, he took his yeah. Class C RV down there. I know, but the first the time he, you know, coming back in, he got shut down. You know, you getting pulled over by the federales and you know, machine guns. Kind of, I am not looking forward to it. Okay, <laughs> so I, you know, I don't need. I, I got enough. Story, yeah, and it happened to us. Yeah, it happened to us. Uh, you know, several times, and and uh, See, and then it was next. I'm like, and then with Josh, <laughs> and then with Josh. Uh, they, you know, he was, you know, trying to, you know, pay him off and they eventually, I mean, we had to pay him off twice, but apparently another rookie mistake we made was that if you pay them off, you're supposed to get some sort of like number and then that number lets the next guy know. So we were idiots, I guess, didn't get the number. So then he probably just radioed to his friend, you know, and so they shook us down for a lot more. And meanwhile, it's like this, the first guy is like a 400 pound guy that's like putting up his like putting like lifting up his you know pants and like trying to tuck in all his fat as he's like walking over to like job of the hut walking over to the <laughs> car uh and so it was just you know comical he's like got like a burrito Donna, in his mouth don't it's... you want to go no wouldn't this be fun we get an adventure <laughs> i'll say in the Ooh, way back i'll say no no problems no problems at all on the way back uh because i mean they didn't have as much leverage on the way back so i mean what are they going to say like oh we're going to turn you around and bring you back to america right where you want to go so hey how about how about this, guys? How about we take a trip down there? We pack up all the hardcore activists and anarcho-capitalists, and then we go to Mexico and see how much fun is on the trip. I don't. I, I've been con- <laughs> I've been contem- I've been contemplating going to Anarchapoco, um, but I don't I don't know. I mean, I well, Colin, part of the only me, reason I, I say I, I say this before we finish negotiations on it was because um, Colin, you know, talked to me. Goes, you know, hey, you're. Go and we can go together. I want to, you know, he's bring his bus here, and then we will drive or fly together. He didn't want to go by himself, and I'm going, you know, he goes, yeah, I hear you're MC. I go, how did you know that? I hadn't been the now. I didn't say anything. Oh, grapevine, you know, whatever that means. And I'm just going, you know, I, I, I really wish they hadn't committed me because I want to do it. I want to help. I want to, you know, give him a show. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll make it go where, but. um I'm I'm not I'm I'm with Donna man this is it's not the time to be when you're hanging on by your fingernails you don't go waving your arms around you know and I go they <laughs> they want to get Ernie on the Lone Prairie out in Mexico that's always a good idea you know so I'm just like nah I liked it to where 
I go from Dallas-Fort Worth or Houston and land in Acapulco. I feel a lot better. It was like yeah. when Berwick and Lukradowski went to Venezuela. They get out of the airport, and there's like dead bodies of tourists that they did right there in front of the airport. <laughs> and, they go, and we want to leave. Nope, can't get out for three days. So they're you know barricaded in. You know, <laughs> Oh, I just I and it's funny now how I'm, I'm like I'm like the Tim Pool show, which I don't really listen to, but I saw that Richard Grove and James Corbett did a show where they were talking about like Luke Rodowski and what's his name, uh, Tim Pool on you right. know talking about I saw that and, one. And, and and Tim Pool is very he's just like, Oh, so what so what does it mean that you know oh so what that you know Bill Gates Bill Gates spent three hundred yeah. three hundred million dollars into this and it's funny because now Luke sounds more like I did when we were doing like the Tim and Luke, you know, deal and uh yeah, because it's just you know very. I mean, a lot, I mean, I'm glad that he's there to push him. But I say one of the things yeah, that no, I we've felt all had uh, an influence on Luke. You know, this is you know, of course, he wants his metrics and stay on YouTube and all that kind of crap. And he yeah. does, you know, Luke uncensored, you know, this kind of stuff. But when it comes down to that, it's somebody else's show, you know, and he knows the rhetoric, you know, he kind of gets all hardcore now, you know. So it's uh, yeah, he was <laughs> he was censoring me on Bill Gates stuff, and then here, then here we are, and then now here he is, you know, sounding like like me, you know, talking to Tim Pool, and I don't know why like Tim Pool is so famous. I mean, I know he's a hard worker and stuff, but. It's just so, such a candy ass stuff that he talks about, and he's not right about that. Like, oh wow, some guy that just woke up to, you know, that that voted well, for see, Obama like, in twenty twelve is now like the answer Tim to all the, this for the millennials. Yeah. So the I don't reason. have I don't have that much respect for Tim Pool, and I think that you know then keeping everybody in this like fear like uh, news cycle of everything that's going on for that day, and I feel like he misses you know the forest for the trees and all this stuff and uh i don't know i feel like people are it listening to the clicks. wrong tim it gets audience it yeah. gets it this is what yeah. they swear yep. if they don't yep. want yep. them to do it they wouldn't 100%. let them do it you know there is there is a you know this is important look at this and he does a good show i watch you know and dr frank man he's all tim pulled up because he was like see even the liberals are going trump i mean you know that kind of crap right so and tim pool was talking about how it's going to be a red wave along with alex jones or right before the election it's gonna be a red wave now they're trying to say that they knew all along that trump was going to lose and i'm like you know what i'm i know i still owe that dollar from frank still owes me that dollar for you know, talking about how Trump is going to yeah, lose. Next time we all do a show together, we'll, yeah, you know, we we'll definitely, we definitely we'll, need that. We'll get, we'll get you, yeah, we'll get you, yeah. We'll but I do like how Luke is is pushing, and I was proud of Luke's performance on that show because yeah. it seemed like no, he, he was, uh, you know, he's pushing like the Overton window. I said to tell him, I go, I saw. Good job. And he did a good job on the Rogan. He did a good job on the Rogan one, too, where, you know, he had brought up anarchy and how well, that was. Well, when did he do Rogan? Know, real... It was recently? No, 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 no. It was, it was actually uh, Rogan, Alex Jones, Michael Malice, like Luke Rodowski, a couple other people were on, were in Tim Pool's oh, yeah, RV. Okay, I saw that in the RV. It, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and it had like two million. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't think, I don't know if it was about Rittenhouse, but anyways, it was, yeah, it was like a two, yeah, had like two brought, million views. Um. Yeah, I think that was one of the... You know, I saw a clip from Rittenhouse that I hadn't seen before that apparently the prosecutor had asked him, like, is it true that your TikTok name is uh, Four Doors More Whores? And he's like, yes. <laughs> and then people now have, like, played this music to it to the background oh, where... Yes. And now it's, like, a big, like, viral thing where these people they are showing... They so the had no idea what they were going up against. <laughs> you know, I saw him, Kyle Rittenhouse, Louder with Crowder, sit down, ash Wednesday, cigar smoking, whatever the hell thing it was. Kyle's awesome. I, I that kid is just he's going to ASU too. Well, I thought they brought him out. You know, did they they're trying to the sign petitions to say, hey, we can't have white supremacists on our on our campus and yeah, all this other keep, you guys oh, keep white, a white supremacist, a white supremacist who, who did not, who killed who killed oh. a, a white pedophile, uh, shot another white guy trying to, you know, who had a gun at they him. They just keep this uh, crap up. It's awesome. Oh. 
<laughs> yeah, and that kid showed an incredible amount of uh, composure. Yeah, it's like the Kyle Rittenhouse show. But yeah, I do actually do, did get some new ammo delivered yesterday. So speaking of crack up boom, I mean, the ammo prices are freaking oh, through the roof. Oh, man. Man, I, so it's like, you know, just sitting out on my porch is like, oh, wow, it's like $800 of ammo just sitting out there. But, you know, it's not even that much, you know, in the grand scheme of things. You um, know what happened? I, um, where were we? I don't know. Wherever we stop, you know, the bus, sometimes we're traveling. <clears throat> it's late at night. And we'll just go to uh, we'll just go to Walmart parking lot. You know, a lot of them just let you just you know park out mm-hmm. the end of and then we're there six hours and we get up and drive some more. Well, it's a, there. I can see why they do it you know, for RVers because you got supplies. You know, so um, I go in. What was it I buying? I needed. Oh, I needed uh, antifreeze. You know, because they got cheap antifreeze. You can get instead of at the truck stop, you go there and you get you know uh, uh, antifreeze or oil or funnels or something like that. You know, they're pretty cheap and you know so i go there i'm you know supporting communism but uh so i go to walmart well one of the things that i look at i go i go to the ammo cabinet and i go okay well what do they got in stock you know maybe i'll get something because usually walmart would keep the prices low when you'd have you go to a gun show and 500 brick you know 500 uh 22 longs would be you know 70 something dollars you get it for 14 dollars at walmart if they had it well, you go there, and they had—they don't have 500 anymore. They got boxes of 300. They're about the same size. They just got I don't inflation. Know, I know they got cotton in them or something. You know, I don't know what the hell they do. But they got their 300 boxes, you know, rounds now. And it used to be 500 for 14 dollars. I mean, that was like the price for a freaking decade or something, right? Now, 42 dollars a box for a 300. I go, are you freaking kidding me? They go, I go, that was never, I would, I, okay, give me two boxes. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just, I'm so and pissed then, off. And then start getting into, then start getting into like, you know, 40, 40 caliber or nine millimeter or two, oh. two, three yeah, or 300 blackout. Gold, yeah. You know, and, you know, lead is precious well, uh, metals now. Well, well, good thing that uh, they don't have a ETF for lead bullying, you know, the banksters. <laughs> You know, they, they, they don't give them any ideas. Yeah, right. They do it. And we would take advantage of it just to make a point and it'd piss them off. So they know uh, better. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, what I didn't realize until uh, recently that they have a carbon uh, ETF. Like, so you can, uh, mm-hmm. like a carbon that credit ETF. That was always so the you... plan. That was yeah. Goldman Sachs. They, them, those carbon. When Norway, as Norway started as with currency. Those guys. Pardon me? In 1992, when we got our first carbon tax in the world, it was in Norway because of Grohl and Brutland. And then they very much so after that implemented carbon credit trading. Like Carbon credit trading has been big in Norway. There's been even Ponzi schemes involved in, in carbon credit trading in Norway. Like everybody does it. So it's like uh, this has been around. And, and of course, it's a freaking Norwegian invention of uh, the Labour Party of Norway. You know, like we're talking about Stoltenberg, same same party. You know, like he was the he was the prime minister. When Enron was the one doing it in America, who then you know basically taught you know Al Gore. I almost said Blood Gore, but that was his hedge fund partner, uh, David Blood. (laughs) Blood Gore, Blood and Gore hedge fund. Man, that's just did they actually name it that? (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah, then they they changed they changed it. uh, Oh, they did change it. Okay, I want to bring this up. You guys are perfect. You guys are the perfect guys to you know mention this because I I really don't know, but um, the impression that I'm getting is a lot of times they're very on uh, Elon Musk. Uh, he's such a, you know, government whore, and he's, you know, like taking all this money that we're giving the industry, you know, for free, and these other guys aren't getting it. He's getting it because he knew what form to fill out, and gosh darn it, he's a bad guy. And I'm going, 
he's not lobbying for it. He said, you shouldn't do this. Hell, I don't think you should pass this. You know, this budget deal that they're doing, it has a bunch of money for electric. He said, just get out of the way. You know, so I, I'm not, it's not like he's lobbying for it, but he's not going to, oh, you want to give me free money? Okay. You know, I mean, now what happens is that when they do the carbon tax credit, they set this thing up so that all of these different industries and car companies, and everything, it's an incentive for them to go electric or go natural gas or hybrid or whatever, some central plan government thing. So they set up this carbon tax credit kind of like as a commodity that you could trade yeah. so you could be whatever it was. You get Yeah, because you buy them. You buy them, right? And then you could sell them and then trade them. But you can yeah. earn them. Well, what happens yeah. is Tesla, because they're electric, they earn these. Mm -hmm. They get crap loads of these credits that they don't need. So they sell them money. Okay, you want to pay? You need them? Well, here, take them. So he makes a crap load of money. Because they give him tax credits that then he sells on the market somehow or something. And all of a sudden, he's a tax whore, you know, or he's doing it wrong because they created this system that then he goes, okay, well, I got these as assets. They would sue him for not selling them if he didn't do it. You know? On the back, yeah, they do that in the back end. And then on the front end, they're also making money from, you know, the fact that all the car purchases are subsidized. That if you've got, uh, you know, electric car, well, on the same point, you know, tariffing, you know, Chinese solar coming in here. Well, well Canada, Canada is right now, like it was on the radio as I was driving in today. They're looking at actually fining, uh, like potentially setting up so you would fine uh, car companies or, or deal, no, sorry, dealerships for not selling enough electrical cars. Horse. Yeah. Horse. Damn. But you know, I think I I probably do have to get running to uh, yeah, me too. Prepare for the next prepare for the next interview and do a little bit of work here today. But, I gotta uh, work right. and get home. Right. And Ernie, would you like to? I I recently bought some bought some guns, and so I don't know if you want to go shooting sometime because I'm actually not super, uh, you know, proficient gun guy. I mean, I, I am, like, would I love guns. to go shooting with your guns and your ammo and show you everything yeah. you need to know right, i'm in i just got i just yeah i just got some new ammo delivered yesterday i've got one of my gun. one of the new guns is here the other ones are still uh being delivered but we've got uh one of them is in my hot little yeah, hands we'll, 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 we'll do say. that you know we'll I, you know soon i mean just let me know when you're available and we'll make it happen but yeah i'm like I, i'm 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 buying ammo, man. I've, I've done enough shooting. I'm good. Because <laughs> you know, anybody that came to Arizona, they were always, oh, Ernie's going to take them shooting. Well, I'd go out to the range or desert, and we just lay them out. You know, all right, we'll use the revolvers, handguns, shotguns, you know, battle rifles, large, small, this, that, this action, whatever. So these are your By the time you get done, you're going, cool. Now, I, I know something, you know. And the reason I did that is we did it in the mid-'90s. I remember when it happens, when the movie when Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis came out, it's called uh, uh, Truth Lies. Uh, Truth Lies, or um, what was that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? That we did? Yeah, True Lies. So True Lies, it was cool. But I remember one action scene where he hits this like pallet and pops up the AK and blah, 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 and he saves a day and takes out whatever. And I go, I wouldn't even know where the freaking safety is. I, you know, I, you know, how do you know it's rat? How do you? I go, man, we need to have a class. So I had. A friend of mine, Gunny, out at the Libertarian Party headquarters and safe Second Amendment for Everyone quarters that we had, and put them all out, different kinds of guns, on a table, and we all went through a class on how they work, where the safety was, how you change magazines, how do you break it down, how do you clean it. How do, we just went through that. It only took, you know, an hour or two to do that, and all of a sudden, okay, well, when the galloping hordes come and there's guns laying around and I got to divide, now I know what to do. And that's why I do that for people, and we can do that, you know, with uh, your guns too, but... The um, 
One thing before you leave, just real quick on your closing comments on this uh, Everguard, Grand, whatever the hell thing. What is the news that we should be looking at and how that's going to impact the rest of the world? Well, just give me a comment on what's really that the layman should know what's going on, how it's going to affect their portfolio or whatever. Oh, I like how you how you worked in there, how the layman uh, should know, the layman should know. <laughs> but uh, in essence, I mean, all you really need to know is take a look at the Chinese central bank balance sheet, take a look at the Federal Reserve balance sheet, and if it's still going up, they're papering everything over. And so in, nomin- in real in nominal terms, I mean, you can have all these asset prices still going up, you know, because it's being denominated and, you know, appreciating depreciating currencies that they can just print more of. And so, you know, the really, you know, it's not until you see central bank balance sheets going down and interest rates going up that people should be worried. And so everyone's always talking about, oh, there's gonna be a crash tomorrow. And oh, it's and it's always like two months out. So like I have a client yesterday who's like, oh, you know, you hear about the big crash, it's gonna be in February. I'm like, oh really, you, you heard about the big crash in February? I mean, what, you know, but then, you know, if you go back to, uh, you know, August, it's like, oh, here's a big crash that's coming in October. And then you come in October, oh, the big crash is coming in December. And so it's always, you know, it's always two months off. But you know what, until the interest rates start going up, and, and I don't mean like the Fed raising rates, I mean like the market, you know, forcing that going up. 30-year treasury the, just the shot up. I, that's what I always keep track of. The 30-year treasury is freaking getting stupid. I mean, well, the know, 10 year, I mean, the 10 years, I mean, the well, 10 the years is the one that's more 30. Yeah. And the 20 and 30 is inverted too. Like it's, uh, so it's risk showing up at the 20 because they're not buying too much 20. They're buying the 30, but not the 20 uh, right now. Like yeah, I'm and the 30 is at 1.8 and the 30 is at 1.8668. So, I mean, it's still yeah. like very low in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, whereas, but it was you know, at but almost a two and then it dropped to 1.6 or something. They're playing. Something's going on with the 30 year. And that's right. Well, look at look at look at the 20, though. Like the 20 is way higher than the 30. So they're inverted right there. It's because the Fed is not buying enough 20s. But the like, most important one the in first, terms of yeah. the market where a lot of things oh. are based off is going to be the 10-year. So that one is yeah. basically when people are talking about like the bond rates, they're generally talking about the 10-year yeah. bond. And so the 10-year bond has, you know, the danger zone is like if we get up to, you know, 2% on there, then then at that point you should be, you know, heading for the hills. Uh, and it used to be like 3%. And it used to be 4%. But, you know, we have more and more debt. And so it's a bigger and bigger Ponzi. And so every time, Can't you know, since the Ponzi is bigger. Yeah. So it depends if the Ponzi's bigger. I mean, you need a smaller print, uh, pin to prick this or a smaller interest rate. And so with the interest rate, and, and even looking at it now, with the interest rate being uh, you know, 1.47% on the 10-year and with inflation stated being 6.8, we know that that's you know, BS. I mean, you're guaranteed to lose uh, 5.5% a year just in the just if things stay the same for the next 10 years. And the thing is, they're not talking, we don't have Paul Volcker made the men, made um, uh Made to, I wanted to make this point earlier on, but didn't. But Paul Volcker was doing things actually like stem inflation and raising rates and doing making hard decisions. And what are we talking about now? We're talking about Janet Yellen, who's now at the Treasury, you know, saying that you know we need to you know pass this build back better in order to you know save you know inflation. They need oh we need to also raise the debt ceiling so we can pay our bills. Well, guess what? Uh, I wanted to say guess what, bitch, but you know guess what? If we uh, paid our bills, we wouldn't have to be in a situation where we'd have to raise the debt ceiling because their bills would have already been paid. And so the fact that you now have a former Fed governor at the at the Treasury is just absolutely ridiculous because yeah. the whole reason the Fed was created, I mean, obviously, it was like the real from, reason it was yeah. created, to be separate from. There. And that, yeah, they've removed all pretext. But, you know, what? until if the, as long as the 10-year Treasury and they're all the, you know, the you know 20 or 30 years, as long as they're still, you know, low, uh, you know, at least on the ten, specifically the ten years, as long as that's still under two percent, 
I don't really think there's any like cause for concern as long as the Fed's balance sheets. I mean, there's cause for concerns, you know, in inflation and, you know, standard of living and all that. But in terms of like a massive implosion. And so until, you know, they lose control of that, you know, the implosion is going to be in the standard of living. It's going to be in, you know, the middle class. And then you're going to create more, you know, serfs and more people dependent on the government who are then going to vote themselves more goodies. And, you know, now the Republicans are still. You know, and, and this is where I would criticize Alex Jones. It's like, oh, no, but just get the Republicans in there and they can, you know, they're going to save the country. Uh, and that th- obviously this audience is beyond that. Well, and, we, you know, no, we enough. had, you know, Dr. Frank on. He was going, oh, oh, shocking. 80 Republicans voted for a database of blah, 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 blah. blah. I'm going, did they need 80 oh, wow. Republicans to vote? Guess what happened? <laughs> I mean, you know, just say, oh, you're killing me, you know. All right. So what do you what do you this ever a grand thing? Uh, what What is that belie, John? What do you think? Well, I, I think you need to watch uh, what's happening with the central bank and, and their actions. Right now, actually, I saw the, for the first time a, a sell order or mortgage-backed securities happened at the Federal Reserve. It was $83 billion worth, uh, versus the real value, I think, was like 300000 or something. No, $300 million. So it was $80 million, uh, million that they sold. But then again, like at the same time that they sold $83 million, they also purchased $5.6 billion. <laughs> so it's like where's the tapering yet anyway, i paid my credit like, cards down by five thousand but added uh four hundred thousand dollars in new yeah, debt yeah. you know it's basically yeah but- yeah exactly and 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 then also i would say watch the cny like the uh the japanese uh yuan remember uh watch what's going on there it's been crashing a little bit lately what cny uh, downwards uh it's chinese yuan uh okay. that's the, that's a ticker like the actual market ticker all right, all right. for uh for the yuan so like things like that. And then, of course, there's a lot of other issues like we haven't even talked about Turkey and their collapsing lira. Like all these currencies are collapsing right now. And I think uh, from talking with uh, me and Tim had a good conversation with a uh, fund manager from Canada here. Uh, and uh, he believes like we, we've been I've been talking to him a lot lately and uh, he believes that they're going to come after the per- periphery nations first. Like Turkey is such a massive nation as well, you know, on on a, the global scale, like it's top twenty five or something a nation in economic size. So their lira is tanking right now, like it's collapsed as well. Uh, so you've seen. Uh, I think like the Evergrande is just one of the massive issues that are just out there. Like, it was so vulnerable. So it was so based yeah. on vapor BS. You know, trying yeah, to just play in the like, game. Yeah, and it's like everywhere. It's not like just China that has a massive bubble. Canada, like Vancouver and Toronto, are in epic bubbles. Also, in Norway, is an insane bubble as well with their real estate. So there's huge real estate bubbles in in lot of countries right now. But America's going to be saved up on with that. what? How's America going? Before you go, God, give me a solution. America wins because we're America, and we might throw in some Canada there for you know. For Get God. some free market for crying out loud. America wins because we have because we have because we have Ernie and the rest of the places don't. Yeah, whatever. You know, I'm telling you, you know, that's this this paper. You read the guys go get copies of the paper because I'm telling you, this is a powerful tool with a lot of good information and resources for the times right now. From Lady Liberty's torch, Freedom's Phoenix. And that's what this whole thing, everybody we've been doing, has been about in preparation for what's happening now. And Tim Pachote and John Snyzen, uh, you know, has, uh, I got to say it that way so I remember how to say First it. First up. But, uh, yeah. well, know, watch the Hunger Games. You know, that's a, that's Hunger a solution Games. right now. Like, you'll see what's a lot. Happening? Like, I was watching it the other day, and it was, like, so much stuff out of there that it was like, holy shit. <laughs> it's like the playbook. You know, last night I had, you know, one of our uh, – uh, 
listeners and participants on uh, uh, you know a good friend on you know the Telegram, and he uh, declared your independence voters Hancock Telegram. He goes, you got to watch this movie. Uh, uh, Absalon, A B S O L O N, and it's about you know the vaccine is the is the virus and blah 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 in the future and they killed off a whole bunch of people and the you know detective story and it was Christopher Lambert I think uh, yeah you know the guy was Highlander you know and um, and they had some babe in there and it's kind of, it was kind of you know a low budget movie and everything but it just kind of showed the point that he was making is the all the diseases all this stuff is the vaccine. You know, that the kids that never get vaccinated, they never got sick, you know, in the well, future. Uh, do you have, a, have you heard about anybody having the PPSD, post-pandemic uh, stress disorder? Yeah. <laughs> 300,000 in the UK. Yeah, all these heart attacks are from people stressed <laughs> out about, you know, not taking the vaccine or some bullshit or something. I, what? They, man, they, they really have a low opinion of humanity's intellect. I mean, there's a lot of evidence for that. But, I mean, you know, they really are playing to the bottom. It is amazing. So, Freedoms, Phoenix. I know you guys got to go, man. You know, thanks yeah. for coming on and sharing and kind of, and we just got the yakking a little bit because uh, the, the time is nigh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the beginning is nigh. Uh, you know, here we go. And 22 is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. The final COVID variant is called communism. Amen, brother. You know, we already and, have it here. We have the final variant that's infected all of Canada. We're all going to die of communism. The Omega variant. Which is the way it should be. The final one. Yeah, the Omega man variant. Yeah. You know, yeah, so, Omega, yeah. You know, so what I want to do is um, uh, we'll talk privately about, we'll go shooting, you know, Tim, and we'll talk about uh, maybe Anarchapoco and how I'm, I'm working on that. We're trying to negotiate because so, I, I really want to do it. And, and it, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. And they do a live remote, you know, around the country of people. You want, you want to see if they'd be interested in having me speak on CBDCs? I can give another fiery speech like I gave at uh, impromptu, <laughs> gave at uh, Float Fest. Because, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest uh, well, you topics. Contact them. Hell, you've been a speaker. All right, you yeah. say, hey, I want to talk about your mother. It's coming. Canada, you know? Canada already has uh, it's been hiring a whole bunch of CBDC people. It's coming here very fast. Yeah, no, it was already. Like that, I, I did a show. Yeah. Is that top of Freemus Phoenix today or near the top now? I did a show with Patrick, uh, uh, One Radio Network, Patrick Tempone, and um, that he asked me that, you know, when I allowed him to talk. You know, he asked me, he said, you know, um, do you think that this uh, central bank digital currency thing, I go, it's going to, it's already done, man. These guys are, here we go. You know, this is, we have to, you know, that's why we're starting to really emphasize silver. Silver. I'm going to really be pushing silver. I got resources of silver dimes coming coming in as contributions that we're going to be, you know, starting to put back into the system. You know, we're going to start making sure that, you know, people get, you know, access to this kind of information. Because I want to make sure that, you know, silver, the solution is there. You know, that there's, you know, people know that there is a lot of solutions out there. And Tim and John are going to be there to help us understand what's happening. Because we, because <laughs> we need. Uh, you're getting cold, you know. Yeah, I'm in Phoenix, man. It's freaking. I can turn an air conditioner on, you know. I mean, crap, you know. So this has been a good conversation. Thanks for doing this. I'll let you guys go. Anything else you want to end with? You know, pimp your stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, no, we got a, a new way to get into crypto IRAs now that is 
very easy and takes like a week as opposed to months and months and months. So if people want to help protect their retirement and get into you know actual Bitcoin and Ethereum, we can do that at thelibertyadvisor.com. And I'm, I'm taking appointments for next year, already filled up for this year. Thanks for having me on. It's always been fun and let's go shooting soon. Yeah, boom, boom, <laughs> with your ammo. Yeah, uh, you know? Check out theeconomicgroup.org and of course, Yeah, no, It's always great to have you guys on. I always know I'm going to get good information to get you at you know, it's, it's, it's 22. Here we go. You know, it's 22 long. You know, we're going 22 yeah. long. You know, here. Yeah, I got to work. I got to get, get a logo. I got lots of 22 long at home. <laughs> 22 long. Tim and John Joe here on Declare Your Independence. Me or the Sandcock. Hey. Peace. Peace out. <laughs>